whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. It's the 1980s with the Literary License Podcast retrospective of 80s horror films with your co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, John Wilson, and Keith Shago keeping everything tubular and rad. I'm not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. They'll say. She wouldn't even I'm your number one fan. Hello, welcome to the Literary License Podcast. Today we're discussing One Dark Night and Lady in White. And today we have with us Craig Johnson, Joe Rondonzo, and John Wilson. Say hello, Joe. Hey everyone, how is it? How's everyone doing? Hi, John. Long time no see. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a great day. And there's Craig. Hello, everybody. And David Grant might be with us just a little bit later. And Keith is working in the bowels of London somewhere today, so he cannot be with us. And I'm Vicki Ray, and I'll be your host today. And we're going to start out by talking about what we've all been doing for the last few days or week or whatever we got going on. So, Joe, what have you been up to? Well, uh, on top of there being a, a shortage of uh, servers and bartenders uh, lately, there's also been a uh, a teacher and substitute teacher shortage uh, in the state of Illinois. So, a uh, friend of mine called me a couple a couple weeks ago and asked if I could uh, work at the local high school proctoring exams and helping out. So, my response was, "I like money." So basically, <laughs> I've, been, I've been getting up. At, <laughs> I've been leaving the house at six thirty in the morning. To go to that, I'd be getting home from the, from working at the bar around like midnight. So I've been kind of like burning myself out for the last month, but all the testing and stuff is over. So I just looked at it as just like a temporary, temporary time period where I'm going to be just like working like a madman. But a couple weeks was from that now, stars my- testing. What's up? Was that the stars testing? Uh, it was the uh, the AP exams, the SATs, and the PSATs. Oh, it's that time of year, right? Everyone's yeah, got to get him in before year. college. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know what? What the hell? I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'll work them. And I'll, you know, right now I'm exhausted, but 
a month from now when I look at all the money I've made and I can yeah. just kind of chill a little bit and not be frantic oh, about God, everything, yeah. I'll feel a lot better then. Just don't stretch yourself too far out because then you don't want to be like going to a student like, what uh, what cocktail would you like? To- I mean, uh, what yeah. test would you <laughs> mix swap, swapping your roles? <laughs> would you like uh, some fries with that? You know? <laughs> I hated those tests when I was Serving, serving little- vodka at the PSAT. Yeah, yeah exactly. Double, dude. That'll help the exams right away. <laughs> I hated a little bit of the edge. Take a little them. bit of the they edge off. off after about 20 questions. <laughs> no kidding. What about yourself, John? I haven't seen you in a little bit. <laughs> oh, you know, I've been in the throes of my job and, you know, trying to enjoy the spring. You know, we kind of, the weather has been a little bipolar here. In Jersey. It's kind of going back and forth. Like, luckily we're getting, we're getting warmer, you know, temperatures, which is nice. Finally. Now it's like one layer of clothes versus six layers of clothes, you know. Um, I don't miss those days back East. Yeah. And I've been playing Elden Ring. So I've been, I've been finishing that up and, you know, I'm getting ready for all the good summer television, like Stranger Things and West. I know. Oh, she was on a couple of interviews, some of the characters yeah. were the Odego, oh, and I almost forgot they were coming out. I, she, I mean, you could see how all of them have grown up so quickly they over have. the summer. Yeah. It's insane. Like, they're all just, like, sprout up a foot, you know, so it's kind of, they only have one more season. They, they haven't I, really been filming because of COVID, right? So maybe it's been double No, the they doubled up the season. So <laughs> what, I, what I heard is that they filmed this season and the last season together. So they they wow. filmed a lot of it already because with COVID it delayed things and because they're aging, they kind of had to progress. They can't be little know. kids forever. And it's such no. a great series. I can't wait. I'm gonna have to binge watch at least the last season. I, yeah. So I can remember <laughs> I what's going on. Teaser. They just they just released a teaser on YouTube for the first eight minutes of the first episode and it looks fantastic. Does I watched that? it and I was like, Oh my god, this is gonna be amazing. But there's like a new there's a new um uh the the monster he, he's like suspended with these like weird tentacles coming out of him he's he's the main sort of like the biggest monster you can have in D. Yeah. so apparently fans have already figured out who he is and what he represents and really um, already yeah. i haven't figured yeah. out who he is yeah, so if you if you read some like fan theories, like fans said, oh, this is definitely the main. It's like the biggest villain of all times in D and D. It's that right. villain. So you know, how cool. And then Westworld. I can't wait for Westworld. So I, I know I saw the trailer that's for right. It I got to finish doing uh, the last season so I can remember what's going on with that because that I, took a long time to come around. Yeah, and I rewatched the last season and I I love it. I mean, it just I just want to make sure I didn't forget anything or miss anything because it is one of those types of deep thinking type series. It's gotten really go intricate after yeah. they you know the first two seasons that you can breeze through that, but third yeah. one and on from that it gets yeah. really convoluted. You really yeah. got to pay attention to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. or back it up a lot. Yeah. So that's what oh. I've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to hear. It's good to see your smiling face again. We missed you. Good to see you. Oh, I missed you. Yeah, I was wondering if you were. St- I was actually about to ask Mickey today if you were still with the podcast because I haven't seen he you. He is. I uh, the well, the last one was work, and the one before that, I think I wasn't feeling well because of no, just with everything. But um, I was really happy today because I took deliberately. I took today off because I was like, I'm not missing this podcast, and I just <laughs> had a hellish week, and I was like, I need some joy in my life before I, I throw myself out a window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. What about yourself, Craig? What have you been doing, sweetie? Um, I've been the, the new Doctor Who was revealed as um Chuty Gatwa. So I literally when I saw the the last 
teaser of the the Legend of the Sea Devils, I, I literally fell off my my sofa screaming. <laughs> in a good a way. So you're you're just slightly way. excited. <laughs> well, this is good like, news for the, Doctor Who fans. The fact that Tegan and Ace from the 1980s are coming back as a sister. Yeah, I saw sister. that too. Which I was like, oh, that's oh, so amazing. Man, I can't wait. That's going to be a, an amazing combination. Um, you know, girl power, man. Yeah. But uh, I, I watched, me and David watched this film. It's a pretty old film, but it's called Behind the Candelabra, which is a film about um, Liberace with Matt Damon and Michael Douglas. I remember that I movie. I saw that. Yeah. That was yeah. really good. Really and good. I mean, Mike, Michael Douglas, talk about out of his general character, comfort <laughs> zone kind of thing. I thought he was fantastic yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he was good. I enjoyed that movie. And I watched The Lost City as well with Channing. I watched that too. <laughs> I got to see that. <laughs> Did you like it? I thought it was yeah, great. It was quirky. Yeah, it was quirky. I thought it was massive ripoff on Romancing the Stone a little bit, though. <laughs> well, Lots that's what I was going to say. Yeah, it totally is. All of them now, when you watch something, you're like, oh, this reminds me of, you know, it's just a This doesn't just for... remind you of. It is Romancing <laughs> the Stone with a little Everything bit old is new again. Yeah. Well, I mean, Romancing the Stone was awesome. I loved it when it first came out. You know, was, you know I just, I don't usually watch that, that warm and fuzzy romantic stuff, but God, you need it because everybody's so hateful these days. I just need to see warm and fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that was one of those movies that like she, it was a, uh, like a type of romance that was not one that was intentional. It was like, she was so gruffy as a person and you yeah. know, or he, he <laughs> was so like, whatever, grumpy, could, wouldn't though. take her crap, but like it, her gruffiness made it more like, you know, like different. She plays right? good gruffy. I'm yeah. so glad she's made a comeback after that, the, the, the bird there, the bird, what was it called? The, oh, the bird box. Yeah. I mean, I got all excited for that movie. And I, I finally watch it. I'm going, okay. <laughs> it wasn't. It, they kind of ramped up that that that, that movie more than I thought it was going to be different. Let's just put it that way. It didn't suck, but it was. Yeah. You know. I never saw it. But anything uh, else, Craig? Um. Oh, David's gigging at the um, Old White Lion in East Finchley. Awesome. I think it's on Thursdays so, uh, from about seven o'clock onwards. Um, and he's been doing his garage band. <clears throat> um, good for him. Nice. I see yeah. his stuff on social media. They're pretty good. It looks like we're, a planning on, we're, we're planning on doing a, uh, an Instagram live so we can play some of his live music and everyone oh, can. Cool. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Make sure yeah, you the live. <laughs> So what is your Instagram handle then so people can watch it? Yeah. Oh, um, at Craig's World 2 and David's is at David Joe. Okay, that's great. I'll follow for sure. Excellent. Vicky, what have you been up to? Oh, not much. I'm still <laughs> recovering. My kids are trying to get you to go skydiving. What? Like, oh, no, my God. No, they got me to go no ziplining <laughs> zip in Puerto Rico last month. And now they're trying to get me to go skydiving. I said, no, no, Do no, you no. happen to have an insurance policy that they're yeah. well, to buy at? What daughter, is happening here? My daughter like- is taking it up because she just, I don't know, they're all adrenaline junkies and they bring Asher to the little tunnels. He can't do it. He's 18. So he's in the tunnels doing the fun stuff with that. But now uh, soccer season is over. We're not doing a whole lot. I'm just getting ready to go see my parents here in about seven or eight weeks. I can't wait to see him. Oh, Today nice. is Tyler's birthday, my other son. Happy birthday, Tyler. Happy birthday. And um, what did I watch this week? 
I got really bored with just the present day and started watching North and South <laughs> for book one. You remember the Civil War stuff with Patrick Swayze? Yeah, a I long just, time ago. You mean the miniseries? <laughs> the miniseries, yeah, it's yeah. on Tubi. That's how desperate oh, I am wow. to watch the news. But I remember watching that a long time ago, and then I, I did the same thing, and I remember re-watching it, and then they do like a continuation year. There's later. a book three, which I cannot handle. I won't do yeah. it. I don't yeah. like it without Patrick Swayze. They kill him off because he wouldn't come back for that. No, but I do remember that because it was kind of an interesting tell from both sides. Of what yeah, it, was, like, it yeah. was. It's really sad, too. But yeah. And there was, was a, a Keith, Keith was talking about Maryland. What, Joe? I was going to say it was, uh, that was uh, made for like uh, TNT or it something. Was, right? no, it, was a, it was made no. for TV. It was like ABC. It was a primetime. John Jake's yeah. novel brought to like, you know, about the Civil War. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Gettysburg. I think that was a TNT one, maybe. I don't Maybe, know. Yeah. But this was a long time ago in the yeah. 80s, right? 80s we were watching, right? yeah, 85. I had the only color TV in college at the time. And everybody was in my room watching. Yeah, well, Kirstie, all women. wasn't Kirstie Alley in it? There was like Kirstie a Kirstie Alley was yeah. the abolitionist. Yeah. 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 It was a real, it's a real, it's really good if you like go back to the, the you know, that epic of time. I, I really miss stuff like that. So I started watching that. And then Keith got me watching the Marilyn Monroe documentary. On Netflix. Wow, man. There's so much stuff I didn't know. I didn't know Joe DiMaggio was such a shit. You know, I mean, he's the all-American, you know, baseball player, but he used to slap the crap out of her, you know, especially when she had the skirt scene on the thing where her skirt blows up. Uh, she went back and he got mad and beat her up over that. And they, they had to cover her bruises with makeup to continue filming the next day. Insane. And then you got the, the Kennedy boys and it's just, it's really kind of interesting because it makes you really, really wonder, you know, I mean, there, there's things we're just never going to know about. That's why they're conspiracy theories, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, back then, that, that wasn't really uncommon, which I, I'm not saying. That I know. I know it. exactly what you're saying. No, but old Hollywood was also that it about that. Yeah. Old Hollywood was about agents covering up a lot of things for other people right. and you know like especially if if men were gay they would right. obviously cover up and they'd say oh let's match you with this person who could be a lesbian right, right. let's match you two up and like oh you guys can play the role of couple and then you right. can you know. they don't it's protect their stars and their politicians like they used to <laughs> <laughs> well i mean now nowadays you could just they can buy them off themselves if they want to they just hire no really kidding. good agents I mean, so they're like what story what happened well, shit, now, literally <laughs> nowadays nowadays with social media someone just goes and posts something fucking stupid and yeah. that's the end of it yeah. because you can't yeah. cover it up <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you go that's you go news with- that's news. You would tweet something utterly dumb and like, okay, 40 million people already saw it. So or or <laughs> right it's like you, or you that's- post something and five minutes later it's old news and people move on. So that's yeah. that's the interesting thing about people is, is right. they don't it doesn't last like, long. In the old days when someone did something, it lingered for like Little weeks bit. and months. And now it's like Oh my God, did you see this happen? And then five minutes later, but no, but did you see that this happened? And then suddenly people are already over, you know, I feel bad for when people die because then it's like, especially a celebrity that someone dies and then like a day later, someone else dies. And like, suddenly that person was not a bigger celebrity. celebrity Yeah. (laughs) Or it wasn't even a bigger celebrity. It was like, I think when Prince died, someone else died. And that was like, it comes in threes all the time. But it was literally the same day. And I felt so bad for whoever the person was because it just washed that person away. I think actually, you know, who that happened to was, um, 
one of the who was a charlie's angel who passed um oh um uh yeah then then like michael jackson died the same day same day so her her whole build-up of her having cancer and dying it just got really washed away yeah farrah fawcett so when farrah fawcett died michael jackson died the same day and it just was like who <laughs> like she just got washed away poor thing well by oh. michael jackson come on you know because that know. was such a big deal you know it's like that that scene in the devil's rejects where they get that groucho <laughs> marx expert he talks right? about how Gra- groucho died that one day that fucking elvis motherfucker dies and steals <laughs> yeah. All his headlines. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. oh, oh my god and what did i, I watch sometimes they came back and that was because of joe <laughs> I love well, that, that movie. And that's all because of our first movie, because like I, I yeah. decided I wanted to go back and deep dive into Tom McLaughlin when I saw some of the tropes uh, in uh, One Dark Night. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that 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 was really good. That was so Stephen Kingish, you know, I that was love so, that, movie. that like stand by me kind of trope kind of stuff going on. Yeah. And then I watched this one because some of the groups I'm in are really radical. I think that's just a test to see who will actually watch certain movies. I haven't watched The Sadness yet, but I've been hearing all kinds of funky stuff about it, but it's on my list. But I watched this movie on Tubi called Safe Word. I have no idea what the fuck I watched, <laughs> but it was really messed up shit. That's all I got to say. You get a chance to watch it if you have nothing better to do. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. But uh, was it uh, Gravitas, that station? There's a station called Gravitas. That that station has no filters. <laughs> it's just, it just put it out there. Is, is it uh, related to Gravitas <laughs> Ventures? I, I believe so. I think it's this it's one of uh, the same. Yeah. They were uh, they were the ones who helped us get on a lot of um, uh, a lot of uh, different uh, uh, services and into a lot of different cable companies back when Deadly Xmas came out about ten years ago. So if that's related to them, they they were really helpful to us. I'm still waiting to see X. I'm waiting for it to stream because X is. Uh, I I I I just gave up and pre-ordered the Blu-ray because I like Ty West. Did you really? Um, <laughs> and it it should be arriving on Tuesday, so I will I will watch it on I will watch it as soon as it arrives on Tuesday. I heard lots of good things, things about it. I know Matthew gave it some some thumbs up. So I've heard. Well, I, yeah, I've heard it's fantastic, and I love Ty West movies. Uh, House of the Devil. If you guys haven't seen that, uh, the Innkeepers are both excellent excellent yeah. horror movies i love innkeepers um, it's really great yeah. yes i love it and like we no, did those. everybody talks about house of the devil nobody we, talks about yeah those. we did i think innkeepers a long time ago yeah, the yeah. that was a messed up movie yeah it wasn't kelly oh god top gun she was in it kelly lebrock yeah no 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 uh she played uh mcgillis mcgillis oh, she, was, in it. she was the older lady in it she was, she was in it. Yeah. She was in it. Now that you yeah. say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember. I, I haven't seen it in over a decade. So, but I, I got to revisit it. Yeah. That's a good movie. I liked it. I'm Austin Lugo. I'm Andrew Harp. This is with nothing to say. And let's talk about movies. With over 3000 films log, Andrew and I, best friends since middle school, have dedicated our lives to watching, making, and talking about movies. Each week, Andrew and I handpick a movie he's seen, I've seen, or neither of us have seen, and dive deep into anything and everything two wannabe cinephils could ever think of. From horror to dramedy, we do it all. So join us as we talk about everything movies, and maybe you too can become a bona fide cinephil. But I guess we will start with um, our One Dark Night, 
And we will cut to the trailer and we will come back and take it away from there. Carl Raymar died of an apparent heart attack, but the bizarre condition of his apartment and the true cause of death of the missing girls remains a mystery at this hour. Do you have any idea why your father murdered those girls? There's no proof that he murdered them. Please, no questions. Here you go. Julie ain't no sister yet, Kitty. Well, she's pads every death you've given her. For your information, Leslie, I'm far from finished with her initiation. I've got to prove I can do it. All she wants to do is show how weak and chicken you are. Yeah, and that's all the more reason why I won't back down. So I'm supposed to stay out here all night? <laughs> of course not. You're staying in there. Mausoleum? Uh-huh. We'll be back in the morning to make sure you stayed in there all night long. Mrs. McKenna, my name is Samuel Dockstetter, and I'm a feature writer for the world of the occult. Do you know anything about bioenergy? It's the electromagnetic force in all living things. Carl Raymar was one of the only true practitioners of telekinesis in the world. Raymar? He could move things with his mind. He was a genius in his field until... They found a whole bunch of dead girls in his apartment. Some hereditary studies, we found that members of the same family often possess similar psychic powers. Considering the strength of his powers, it would be interesting to follow up. Maybe he wants. I'm going back there, back to the mausoleum. is a 1983 American supernatural horror film directed by Tom McLaughlin and starring Meg Tilly, E.G. Daly, and Adam West. The film follows three teenagers sent to a mausoleum for the night as part of a high school initiation rite. A dead telekinetic occultist returns from the dead and haunts them, forcing the three to survive the night inside the crypt. The film was conceived and filmed under the title Rest in Peace Before Poltergeist, but due to post-production uh, problems, the film was delayed and released in theaters in 1983 by Comworld Pictures. So, Craig, what did you think about One Dark Night? Um, I think they should re- have renamed it um, Night in the Crypt. Um, and it w- I thought it was interesting because it's the f- I think it's, it's unusual to have like a group, a gang of girls in a movie in the eighties. It was normally like a brat pack or, but it was, and, and I, I love the, what, what was going on with the toothbrush? 
Like, I don't know what was going on with that. I don't know if that was product placement, but it 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 made me laugh. It made me chuckle. She liked the taste of it. She said, "Yeah, that's that's yeah. what she said." She yeah, the taste of it. <laughs> like a pacifier for teenagers. Although I've never felt the need to chew on a toothbrush when I was. <laughs> I don't feel like that was an even an eighties thing because a pacifier was an eighties thing. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, they, then it became the- a, a thing during the rave years too. Everybody had a pacifier when they were at a. That's rave what I'm party. saying. Like I remember that. I don't remember a toothbrush as being a fad thing. Yeah, yeah. they even know. panned in on it at the end. Did you see at the end when it, they just panned in on the on the lone toothbrush next yeah. to the- Yeah, well, that's because she was under <laughs> a lump of dead, decaying, nasty bodies that were all slimy and shit. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> I love the 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 uh, the the vampire man um, with the electricity coming out of his eyes. I thought that was really cool. Um, And I, I I really though, I wanted the zombies to come out and say brains or start eating people. I know. Or send more (laughs) paramedics, something. (laughs) You need a a couple more years before that happened with return of the living dead. I was going to say it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're coming to get you, Barbara. Yeah. (laughs) I want to go to that cemetery. You, so bad. I'm going to go I, to that cemetery and get my picture taken one of these days. Damn it! I was oh, I was wondering uh, where that was filmed. Was that filmed in the Hollywood cemetery? Because it feels like it was. Think, well, yeah, that they, was, but not the, not the Barbara one. Because it really uh, goes out as well. Because it, it was like a real that was grip, a real crypt, I think. Yeah. 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 I, I just think it's such an inventive film from that standpoint in the sense that um, it takes place technically in one location. I mean, you have the beginning part of it that quickly right. moves you from, you know, the apartment with all the dead bodies right. then to the rich mansion with um, uh, Olivia, Adam right? West. I think her name's? Yeah, yeah Adam, Adam West, West and, and uh, the other woman. And then it just quickly kind of moves you to the mausoleum where, the, you know, 80% of the film is. And they do a great job kind of keeping you there. The you one part that I thought was weird was that, that's for sure. The one part that I thought was weird is when she goes in there, I would have stayed in the church. I don't know necessarily why she was like, you know what? I'm going to go out and stay in a maintenance closet because it felt yeah. a little not homey because <laughs> I she's in the church and I was like, yeah, I probably would do the same thing. And then she like kind of just goes and goes, I'm going to go in a closet. And then I thought, well, I would have gone in the closet in the chapel and not left. That's where I would have stayed. And I would have doused myself in holy water and <laughs> like you wafers or anything. And I by the way, have. I would not have taken anything those girls gave me because oh, can't she not no. see through the BS that those girls are giving I'm her? I'm trying to I understand, like, you know, the mentality of girls. Because, I mean, I know that we do stupid things to each other. And there's mean girls. You go through weird faces. But never in a million years was I that stupid to let someone talk me into staying in the friggin' crypt. Or a mausoleum or anything like that. Self-dosing. Like, yeah, why don't you just take these? It'll take the edge off. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No <laughs> yeah, thanks. Here, take some of these. I'm good. <laughs> E.G. Daly, she bailed. She was the only smart one. It's like, I'm not going there. And, and the only one with a conscience, because she was feeling really bad about, about putting uh, putting the poor girl through it. Yeah. Well, at least someone um, had to have a conscience. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, shitty people in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I thought, the boyfriend. I mean, Matt Tilly was the only one I really actually, you know, Julie was the only one I actually felt bad for and was vested. All those other little bitches, man, I was just waiting for them to get there. Like, and for those bitch. of you who, who like me, I was like, why does Meg Tilly look so familiar? Duh, Jennifer Tilly. Hello, her sister. Oh, yeah. You I was like, uh, oh my God, of course. 
She was also uh, either right before or right after this. She was the lead in Psycho 2. That's oh, right. How funny. She oh, was that's the, right. She was I remember that. Yeah. So was it Psycho 2 or Psycho 3? Because wasn't she two, the love I think. interest? Because he, because he had the, a thing for her in Psycho 2. Kind oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psycho 3 was, God, I forgot her name. I forgot the actress's name. That was one with, with Jeff Fahey as like an escaped convict. I haven't seen that one in a long time. But yeah, yeah. that one... Uh, uh, this the, was the, her the, trying the, to trick him, right? The second one when she was trying to trick Norman uh, to make him go yeah, crazy. What's her name's uh, sister was trying to trick him. Meg Tilly yes. wasn't. I think Meg Tilly was uh, um, was a just kind of an innocent bystander in this. She She's was always just an innocent with... bystander. Yeah, she really is. Um, her sister's yeah. the one that gets the, the slutty roles. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jennifer. I, love I mean, I, I just finished again watching the series, the Chucky series, and I was like, I love Jennifer Chili. She's I like, know. She is great. She's so good. She is great. I'm going to be picking up the Blu-ray to that soon because I absolutely loved, uh, loved that series. Yeah, so good. But this um, all makes me want to bring up my, my first of Tom McLaughlin tropes that I've noticed. I've seen three of his movies now, and one of the tropes, he loves his graveyards, man. Yeah. Between this movie, uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, there's a yeah. lot of stuff in graveyards in that movie. I love that. And one. sometimes they come back. He does yeah. a lot in graveyards in that movie too. So um, I'm actually I'm gonna uh, post something on Instagram and tag him on this. I'm hoping he'll be able to actually actually uh, uh, have a minute to listen to this. It'd be yeah. so it'd be so cool. But I'm like, he's clearly got a thing for graveyards and shooting in graveyards and setting things in graveyards yeah. and cemeteries. And, they are uh, setting in itself, but then there's also power in that space, and that's I feel like we's trying to kind of exude. Well, like it's a comfort notice. zone thing too, yeah. because how many people yeah. are comfortable about that? They're yeah. not very few, yeah. very yeah. few. Also, uh, Craig, Craig brought up the kind of soul sucking vampire, uh, like vampire kinda, dude. Yeah, I, yeah. that kind of reminded me of um, of the, uh, the, the 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 creatures in the in uh, Doctor Sleep. Yeah. Kind of, oh, kind of like are you talking about you, you're yeah you're literally talking about um they have the shining yeah. they have the shining it's a different form of the shining yeah 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 like they're, they're, they're like this guy was sucking the life essence out of people i actually like, would have liked that, though as that was happening that was the one thing that i thought was interesting because i wish it would have made him more alive if that made sense yeah. right so i would i would have liked that the logic behind what he was doing was, you know, this obsession about death and dying that maybe he even killed himself and you was using that ability to kind of see if he can bring himself back to life again. So it it kind of looks like that was the plan, but the whole thing is like, I think you're right because he was sucking, um, you know, the the light, the light out of um, uh, Meg Tilly, but, he didn't really do anything. You didn't see anything with his color. I mean, you know, it wasn't yeah. real. It was, you know, it was special. Effects, and then the fact that he, he was able to so do like anything, control. he didn't become more like whatever he was supposed to be. Yeah. Maybe if a anything, demon, he was like able to control the dead. And that was like, int- I mean, it was, just, it was interesting, but I would say that was one of the things like, if you have so much power to like literally break yourself and all these things out of a crypt, wouldn't you have enough power to like, bring yourself back which would have been interesting you know what i mean like it would have i felt like it would have been very interesting if you see some man walking out and it was actually him 
like at the end, the end result was he was able to take enough power from everyone that it was like he survived. That's how he, he came back. That would have been a hell of an ending. Yeah. Right. Like they all, they all make it right over there. She, you know, she and um, what's her name? Olivia make it. Right. And maybe everyone else dies and they get out of there. And the last thing you see is this guy who is, you know, even the guy, the older guy that ended up, I guess, being the estate person or the person that worked with him. Like it, I kind of felt like he was trying to help him because why would you give this information to someone? And if, if only to like, maybe help them, like he was like, Oh, I'm not trying to help him, but I'm like, why would you even, what, what was that course of giving her the tape so she can listen to it and then determine like, you know, it, I feel like it would have been interesting if it's like, you know, you're my master, right? Like I helped you, you know, like a Renfeld with Dracula, like I helped rejecting- you and now you're back, you know? He rejected his daughter, though. She tried to take or save the other girl in the end, and he didn't want his daughter. Did you guys get any of that? Because I kind of got lost as to the the dynamic between. I'm assuming that she did not approve of her father's occultist, telekinetic, whatever the hell he was doing. No, she knew she had something in her, and she was always fighting it. So even Adam West, her husband, was like, don't do that. Don't use your power. You know, okay, okay, okay. She knew she had something in her, but she just was always resistant to her because maybe her father, it just, maybe so she, she had power something. as well. Yeah, she had power. Because remember, she was sitting at the, she was sitting in the house and she was starting to feel like what was happening in the That's mausoleum. right. Okay. And yeah, it, that's what pulled okay. her to be like, oh, you know, so she channeled that and was like, oh, let me go help. And so that, I think that's what it's trying to show is that she had good, you know, this power in her as well that she could do stuff with, you know, uh, right. and she used it for good. She obviously helped her and got her out of that situation, but it wasn't, I don't think he wasn't trying to take it from her. I think she just resisted and it pushed back and then he pushed her back, you know, trying to think of the, 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 our hero there. What was his name? I think he was like 10 years older than when they filmed and they filmed this or whatever. What is his name? That's going to drive me nuts. I can't find it. Who? Oh, which one? The the boyfriend. The male lead, the love interest of Meg Tilly. I'm um, looking it up. Oh, right it now. was, it was uh, David Mason, Steve. That's Yeah. Steve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, I guess he had a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, he was he was basically supposed to be the knight in shining armor, right? And even it's even the jilted them picking lover, on her, girl. yeah, he and even them picking on Batman. her, and he's getting mad. You know, he's like, "I'm gonna." You know, the one part that I thought was hysterical is when when he goes to talk to her, and he's just like, "You know, don't let them do this to you." And she gets enraged, and she's like, "Don't tell me what to do," and she like leaves. <laughs> and I was like, "Jesus, he's trying to help you," and then and then it becomes like. You know, now I got to make sure she's safe. I got to protect yeah. her now. And I got to go to her house and be a stalker and sit on her doorstep. <laughs> you know, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of stalking in these teen movies. It's and then they do to do what normal guys do in the 80s movies is like stalk the women or have a, yeah, have a frat exactly. party. <laughs> That's but it was, true. There it, is it was a lot of stalking Batman, going on. Um, Adam West without um, wearing his Batman costume. It's kind of. Uh, <laughs> Strange. I know. Adam West. I talk about somebody pigeonholed forever into one character. <laughs> I mean, and he's he's a good actor. He really They're like, is. By the way, you're not going to play Batman, but it's sort of a Bruce Wayne character if you don't mind that. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it's like yeah. millionaire. You know, hey, you know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I never really saw too much of him. Like here yeah. and there, maybe TV. 
you know, every so often or something, but you never really did. What did he ever ever have a strong movie? I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of the movies that I know him from, he was in the, he was in some of the happy hooker movies in the late seventies. <laughs> he was, yeah. um, he was a, I, I think he was more of a series, not much as a movie TV actor. He did guy. TV detective style. Like, yeah, he'll series. show up like an episode here and there on like various series. The other ones I'm thinking yeah. of are, um, zombie nightmare. He's in zombie nightmare. Um, and he's in either Omega Cop or Karate Cop. I, I don't remember which one. It was like this weird little, these weird little action uh, action movies where the second one, for some reason, becomes post-apocalyptic. I don't remember the rhyme or reason why. But he was in a lot of like direct-to-video movies in the 80s. Um, I, I think it was mostly like young filmmakers like Tom McLaughlin would have been in 1982. They were like, hey, I remember Batman. And Adam West was probably not that expensive to, to get for something at that point. Well, I so, mean, and if he was, it was such a short cameo. He didn't have to do much. So I think it's it's an interesting thing to have someone like that who just yeah. plays like a – he played a really small role. He wasn't like a major role in that. So, you know. But enough that you can put his name on the poster. Correct. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Well, you knew who he was. I mean, he was he was name-worthy. I mean, people know, know Adam West. Which when, you know, when uh, when Dave and I were making movies together a decade ago, we would, we would constantly do that. We'd get uh, – you know, Linnea Quigley, Brink Stevens, um, uh, Felissa Rose, whoever, we get them for a couple of days, ju- you know, give them a, a decent enough part that we could put their name on the poster, but small enough so that, okay, we could, we could pay you what we got to pay you. And then you're on your way in like a day or two. And that's, you know, it's, it's an old Corman trick because he, he did it with, um, uh, with Boris Karloff uh, in the terror because they, they had finished shooting the Raven. And they still right. had Karloff under contract for a couple of days. So he sent Jack Nicholson and Dick Miller home to go quickly write a script that we could, we could shoot these last two remaining days on the existing sets from, uh, from the Raven. And we can shoot Boris Just Karloff. Just come up with a script in two days. Sure. Come up with enough for Boris Karloff. Then we'll write around it. And that's what they did. And that's, it's an old car. That's wild. I didn't yeah. know still that. Works. I mean, it's, it, when you're just trying to get your name out there, uh, it, it works. You get that one who at this point, I guess he would be the only one recognizable name in this movie. Get yeah. him for a couple of days, shoot his scenes, shoot everything around him, and you're good. Like, he doesn't figure into anything else. That's actually really good logic. Yeah. 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 I, I laugh at, um, you know, the scene with Carol and Kitty when they're getting basically mobbed by all the of the dead. undead. I don't know if I would necessarily freeze and just be like watching them coming at me. I think I would be down running. the hall, out running, I, and there can't be that. Or crawling fast. out from under a pile of dead bodies. I guarantee or, you. I mean, I could and find also at that adrenaline. point, I was like, I think bodies at a certain point get really light. Light, like, yes, that's dense. what I was thinking. So Why are they crawling out from underneath them? Why are they getting underneath them? Or, like, I, or if I would see one coming at me, I would break it. I would destroy it and then be like hey you know i don't know like i was expecting a little buffy action going on to like hey i'm gonna try to mean girls yo yeah i'm like you gotta be used to like beating people off you like you live in a sorority so i'm sure there's tons of men who come at you this way so like can't you beat a couple zombies after you that's right (laughs) i mean seriously dead men probably a lot easier to kill than the live ones But I love that. I love when she like when they go and it like literally the skin comes off. I mean, it's such. I know. She, yeah. Oh my god! It was that was with great effects. I don't care. Yeah. That was some good shit. I love it. And it was all they were all juicy. Yeah. Mm. 
And let, let's not forget just how eerie it is when they're coming at you in the hallway. Those, those they're kind of gliding. Really, really good. They're like gliding, kind of, sort of. Yeah, well, even the outfit or the costume that Carol puts on, and she's like the bride, and she's coming down the hall. Like that was like, I love that scene. And then the Missy's or Kitty's like freaking out. She's like, "Oh, it's you!" Okay. Scared the shit out of her own friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, I wonder. Which, which is another thing I've noticed with Tom McLaughlin movies is he has a tendency to give these nods to classic horror, and you have the woman gliding like. Uh, uh, like the witch in uh, at the end Sabbath. of Black Sabbath, yeah, and like the uh, uh, like the um, the first time you see the blind woman in House on Haunted Hill, and she just yeah. kind of glides. That's kind of the vibe I got from these. The Black so Sabbath one that scared the shit out of me when I was a little kid. You had a lot of women like that gliding across the floor. I never forgot that movie ever because of that. And I think I think that scared a lot of people because whenever I bring up that movie, that's the first thing people bring up is. Uh, uh, the 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 drop of water scene with the you know the witch, the witch. gliding across. She's coming like this. She's like just the makeup and shit. It just fucked me. I up. I feel like they've it's used that in a lot of different <laughs> um, movies because if you think about like Insidious, they use it in yep. with the character yes. in that that ends up being a guy, but he's the one dressed as like the the dark you know the Woman. the black bride you know with the with the veil and everything it looks like the, the the lady in black or something yeah like the lady in black yeah, yeah. J- james wan um is if you if you've ever seen dead silence that has so many nods to mario bava movies he's just a huge oh, yeah. fan mm-hmm. uh if you watch dead silence and you watch uh black sabbath kill baby kill and a lot of those movies he is right. a total super fan yeah. of uh, of mario bava so absolutely insidious uh, wait, no, I haven't. The Insidious is the one I haven't seen. I saw all the Conjuring movies. Oh, the, watch the Insidious movie. is amazing because yeah. I just, I think it has, it does a lot on sound and sound yeah. cues and, and a lot of the stuff that you expect, like the jump scares are not what you expect because he uses a lot of sound cues to trigger you. And there's there's just like that scene, especially just quick jump scares with the demonic face thing. The demonic one was crazy because I did not expect that at all. And I remember going, what the hell? Yeah, Um, that that made me jump. Yeah, I jumped. But yeah, it's another thing Tom McLaughlin uh, does a lot is is nods to classic horror. Uh, The third one, uh, which he does here. And he also does in uh, Jason Lives is electricity being the source of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is a direct reference to Frankenstein. And right. Exactly. I think, I think it's on record saying like the, the old Frankenstein movies are among his favorites. So uh, these are these are the three things that I've noticed in, in everything yeah. I've, I've watched of his is that he's always got those three tropes. Well, it is, it is almost like science, though, too, because you know you're built of energy, you have energy. Yeah. So it is smart to kind of play that role of maybe not understanding the occult or the supernatural and stuff like that, but using science as a way of kind of bringing you to uh, a sense of like trust and going, oh, yeah, that would make sense. So, yeah, I guess, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to totally make sense. It has to make just enough sense yeah. for our mind to go, okay, I could buy that. And yeah, that, exactly. That's what this, yeah. that's what this does. And I actually, that's what I like about this because then when I don't buy into something, it becomes instantly camp for me. So I I have a hard time sometimes when I watch something and when something is just not explained well, it becomes a little campy because it's like, you're too lazy to explain something. So we're like, just have fun. And so I'm like, fine, I will make it campy then. And that's what it becomes for me. And And like, versus this, there was just enough for me to like buy into that 
you know, this woman's father was technically a serial killer, right? And like, he right. was yes. killing people, but he was using his mind. Wow, that's kind of crazy because I have heard of ESP and like, you know, when like, they found like all the girls' bodies initially, they weren't like it wasn't like a slaughter, was it? The was no, it? they were just like they were life. They were just they dead, weren't, like, right? Stabbed, and that, that's what they said. What was really weird and eerie is that it's as if they were just in a coma but dead, like they were just kind of like wide eyed dead, you know. As if their energy had been drained from them. That's what I think. They just happened to pick that particular crypt on that particular night to be assholes. Exactly. That's that's the thing. You kind of have to suspend disbelief because you kind of are going, you know, or or they didn't just happen to pick that crypt because I, if I remember correctly, Carol, bitch Carol. Was the one who was like, "Oh, didn't you hear about the guy who they just buried yeah. there?" And so now, that's right. That's they can, right. They can yeah, kind of get her. Wanted to put her there. Yeah. Well, and I don't think she was going to stay there, or she didn't believe she was going to stay there. Because remember, Carol was baiting her and saying, "Oh, but you don't want to go in there, right? You have ten seconds. Remember, ten, nine, eight, and then she went. And then when she was leaving, Carol was like." Well, but then, you know, this is how, and, th- and like, she was trying to get her to like back out. Cause then she wouldn't become a sister. Remember she didn't oh, want her right. to become a sister. So if she went through with this and she made it through, then and she'd she have to become be a, a sister. sister. So that's why they went into Correct. scare the bejesus out and of her. And then the backup yeah. plan was let's come back, scare the hell out of her. We gave her hallucinogenics. Like, you know, like they were like, we're prepared. What we did they give her, her Xanax or something? I mean, it could have been any drug to uh, hallucinogenics would have been, more i don't know effective i would think yeah there's Acid. no way i don't mind abusing the, the occasional hit of lsd and shit like that back in the day but i'm not gonna waste it in a mausoleum there's just no <laughs> way it's like no it's just like that's just insane just asking to be messed up for a while but but i thought about that too i was like it it, it make when she got inside it wasn't scary to me it did like, seem you know, scary. To me, to me, it was like being in a cemetery. Yeah, that's that's a little, you know, because there's an element healthy. of weather and lur- things lurking and right. Whereas a mausoleum is pretty like stagnant. There's nothing different. It's just walls and tunnels, and it's almost like With a lots maze. of dead people behind the walls. Yeah, but yeah, you can also you can suspend you could suspend the dis- like that like oh like I I just won't think about it right and I'll right. just go like she I think what she was trying to do is find the smallest room to be in and just kind of plop. Just like the wouldn't... chapel stay in the yeah. chapel why leave yeah. the chapel yeah you, yeah you guys you guys brought that up now if there was like a situation where like something happens where like something gets into the chapel and now it's like oh shit the chapel's not safe yeah exactly that would have made more sense to then right. just go barricade yourself in the yeah. closet yeah. And then, but then it was also like she went back to go get a candle. To, like, so if yeah. you're needing light, just fucking go stay in the chapel. Like, just go lay. And there's a bench laying, laying. Well, on they bench, have electricity you know? in these places, though, too, yeah. though. They're not without electricity. That's, I mean, it, it wasn't as like scary that. to me. I think it just became more scarier when they were messing with her. And then it became like, oh, we're going to, you know, mess with her. And then that's when. Do you think that their, their bad behavior is what was a catalyst to get this? guy going he sensed that there was this well that's, that's a question supernatural plan yeah know? that's no but that's a good question because i think had they not been there would that have all happened right, right. because clearly he needed energy to feed off of and what they had they a were lot doing of it was creating negative energy right so they what right. they were trying to do is scare her 
And didn't they say, didn't the police officers say that it was their fear that like he was draining their fear? In the and, right. yeah, the, the, yeah, when they find the bodies in the uh, in the hotel, yeah. Well, like, it wasn't, it, sorry, it wasn't them. It was the guy who gave her the tape. On the tape, he said the negative energy is what he was feeding off of, which is right. why he was doing it. Like he was scaring them enough to drain them to death. Like So he might have been, he might not even have been reactivated or reanimated, yeah. so to speak, had they not entered that tomb with all their yeah because if you think well about it no girl. one comes into a crypt a scared if anything they come more sad and sorrow i like, would think so yeah, yeah. which know? is still a form of negative energy if you think of it yeah yeah well yeah it's sad i mean it's 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 very deep but fear I think, doesn't fear spike adrenaline if also affects right. the brain and cr- kicks in like fight or flight. Uh, cor- yeah, cortisone and or not cortisone, um serotonin. Serotonin and dopamine levels go up. And so maybe I don't know. Now I'm getting too much into science. <laughs> All of this science. is this is where Keith <laughs> would have been really handy today because he would be able to, oh, yeah. to answer those questions. Oh my god, exactly. no, Keith would just be beating the piss out of it right now, is what he mm-hmm. would be doing. <laughs> But what did you guys think about the casting? I I mean, I think everyone was believable. I don't think there was anyone that I just, um, I mean, pretty much poor Steve. I mean, Steve didn't have too much to really do. He, he just was, was a pretty, useless hunk. He was Kitty a useless was hunk. He was I a like pretty Kitty. boy that was in there to try to save the day, you know, and um, I I liked Julie. I love that Carol and Kitty got their comeuppings, you know, um, I'm Everybody assuming they got drained to death. Yeah. Um, E.G. Daly, she did. She was. She was basically the the good little shit in this movie. She's, she's yeah. always. She's always the, the good, cute girl next door. That she seems, is. That seems I to can't be think of a part she ever played that was evil. To tell you the truth. Uh, well, go watch Thirty One. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh Rob wait, Zombie okay, 31. wait. I forget. Rob Zombie. Oh my god. How can I? Yeah, forget? Rob, Rob Zombie took E.G. Daly, being the cute girl next yeah. door that everyone loves. And turning her into a sex-obsessed yes. uh, fucking creature that everyone wants that, that wants to fuck and kill everyone. She was like so succubus, basically. A, a succubus, as, right? Yeah. A, yeah. A dom serial killer. She was brilliant, yeah. though. You did, she's still cute and looked like next door, even as that, though. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. When we interviewed her a couple of months ago, she's still a very beautiful woman. Oh, God. Yeah. She's wonderful still. She's, she's really quite active in all of her projects and she's still it's, kicking it. And she's the voice of a generation because she's the voice she of Tommy Pickles. Yeah. She is. An entirely new generation. Like with me, it was, uh, you know, ha- having a crush on her because she was, she was Dottie. Yeah. And she now was there's Dottie. all these little kids that grew up now that are like, oh, my God, that's the voice of Tommy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's got uh, her voiceover career is quite brilliant. It it's is. amazing oh, yeah. that this was on a budget of eight hundred thousand, you know, because of the effects and everything and stuff. That that's kind of crazy. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I how could I forget the Rob Zombie movie? It's just like, yeah. Oh yeah, one of in one in the first one, she's uh she's a prostitute in the Devil's Rejects. Um, she's yeah. sex head in thirty one. Yeah. Um, I wonder what she's going to do in the Monsters. I wonder. Is she in the Monsters? 
Probably. She is, he but she might play like horror, doesn't he? You she probably, probably would play like an ancillary character in that, but you know, it yeah. seems as though that is gonna be like a darker version of Oh yeah, like, easy. Yeah. Who's gonna be Marilyn, I wonder? Anybody see, I haven't seen all the casting yet to it. I just I don't think yeah. Um Marilyn is I you're gonna laugh. It's um who is it? I have to look. Oh, did they announce it? I think I they did. They... I just haven't seen that. I know the two first two. But... I know Sher- Sherry is Lily, and Daniel right. Roebuck is Grandpa, and um... and then I know they're also bringing El- Elvira as a character too. Um, awesome yeah. actress, yeah. Mistress of the dark. <laughs> Mistress of the dark. <laughs> we gotta get her on the show. That's a Sam Irvin thing. We, uh, Sam and uh, uh, Sam and Cassandra are close friends. Yeah, I know that. He, he would probably be our ticket to getting Elvira on here. Yeah, we might have to get hit Sam up here soon. <laughs> it does. I I do have to say it because I was trying to see if it had it, but they didn't. They do have stills. It does look a little bit like what we do in the shadows. I will say. Really, <laughs> Rob Zombie might have this first if he decides to make it more comedic. A like similar, you know, appeal because if you look at the stills, it looks very like. Oh yeah, this this does shadows. this does look like it's going to be more comedic. I think uh, I I think he said it's going to be a PG PG rated movie, so. Which is weird for Rob's. Not going to be like House of One Thousand Corpses meets the I'm, Monsters. Huh? Well, I wonder if this is going to be his like Tim Burton style. You it know, could I mean? be. like whimsical. Yeah. It'd be different. And, It'd be interesting because I mean, to be yeah. something different. I don't yeah. think he's really approached this before. So yeah. Well, he's wanted to make. Um, he's wanted to make a Groucho Marx, an old Groucho movie, for a long time, and he just can't get the funding for it. So he's tried. Why? He's tried to branch out and do other things. Whenever he's tried to do it, everyone's like, "No, no, no, we want another movie in that." In that, I think that he's uh, he's been uh, pigeonholed, pigeonholed into being like the dark, you know, you know, the like dark night something. of horror, you know, love, yeah. yeah, slasher, yeah. guts and go around everything. Well, white trash. All his yeah. characters are white trash. But that's yeah. what makes them so fun and lovable. I mean, you know, Sherry Moon is terrible as baby. I mean, she's just an evil, nasty human being, but you love her too, you know? You can't hate her. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies. I don't care. Everybody picks on Rob Zombie, but I like his movies. I don't care. Like anybody else, he's got some good movies. He's got some movies that aren't as good. Whatever. Oh man. yeah, I Make just would want to. I saw a couple of movies though where people have critically give him some constructive criticism, where they were immediately told to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Any anybody can criticize movies. Making movies is fucking no hard. It is, people and you're never going. You're never going to please everyone. There's no, not. I don't, I don't think, think I've ever heard of one artist. Mine. I, w- I watch certain movies that I think are amazing. And when I talk to other people, I'm like, oh my God, that's such garbage. I don't like, yeah. and I'm like, I could sit here and, and give all of my analysis of why I think it's amazing to that person. And they and still them. won't agree with you, John. Yeah. Oh. And, it, and, and it is what it is, right? You know, yeah. and vice versa. I've had friends tell me, oh my God, this is one of the best movies. And I'm like, actually. We're like the new Texas like, Chainsaw. You yeah. either loved it or you hated it. The only yeah. thing we everybody was happy about was the new Franklin getting her head cut off. That we can all agree with. But other I, than that, in the Texas Chainsaw, yeah. people either loved it or hated it. I try to be as positive as possible with movies, especially movies that are lower budget, because it like, is what it is. Just to get yeah. a movie made yeah. takes so much dumb luck. Yeah. That to make to to make a watchable movie is is it's against the odds to make a watchable movie. To make a great movie is almost yeah. impossible. 
I, um, I give a lot more room to, and leniency to indie films than I yeah, do right. big, exactly. big mainstream because I'm like, you have the budget. So what the F happened? And I, for me, my biggest thing is if the continuity of the story or the characters is just so bad, it just doesn't make it watchable. I don't care how many CGI or effects are in there. If it right. is not believable or the relationships aren't believable, I just, I stop watching. And you kind of got to get vested in at least some of the characters. Yeah. You've got to care about yeah. some of them. Really that's the thing is if you, I remember this is a long time writing screenplays and saying one of the first things was that I learned was you have to have characters that are enduring good and bad. Yeah. So even if you have the villain and they're the worst villain, then make them the worst villain ever because that is an enduring quality that they're exactly. just a piece of shit and they don't deserve to win. So make that, you know, that thing. But if you have a, a villain that's kind of wishy-washy or a hero that's wishy-washy, you're just going to lose any type of credibility in that character and you just stop caring and you just go, I don't care if they die. I don't care if they live. I don't care if they win or they care if they lose, you know? Yeah, that kind of sucks because you kind yeah. of got to root for the bad or the good yeah. in the movies. Like sometimes, like, and going back to this, like I kind of was rooting for the daughter because there was an investment of her trying to help. Like even at yes. the beginning when she just right. didn't, she didn't know what was going on. The husband kept telling her, you know, just leave it alone, off, don't get involved, you know, get involved. And when she knew there were stakes that were raised because she was sensing it she had to do something. And that was to me like, that's cool. So now I understand why she's here. It, right. it, it, there's a reason why you exist. I felt like I knew you're here because you're part of his backstory, but now it's your story. You know? I think McLaughlin uh, made sure that all of his characters were placed and they had their purpose in this story. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, they all say, you know, I mean, I was vested in the characters. Yeah. Not so much the mean girl ones, but Kitty, I liked. I kind of felt bad for her because she was the go along. She just follows, you know. But did she die though? I can't remember. I think she left. Hey, well, right? She's a toothbrush girl, wasn't she? Oh, that's well, but the toothbrush girl, like the problem that I have with her is she just was going along, but she never at any point resisted that, right? Like, right. unlike, unlike, um, Daily. yeah, yeah, unlike her character, she realized that this is not right. I'm not gonna do this to her i'm not going to torture her like this yeah. it's, it's hurting her and and you also drugged her so you not only not only did you <laughs> drug her you know now you're torturing her it just i think told- she gave her a sedative because she didn't look like she was tripping balls to me on anything so. she seemed more drowsy yeah she didn't seem like you know i would have really definitely if i was someone's gonna drug me give me the speedy stuff god <laughs> Any thoughts on that, Craig, before we move on to Lady in White? Um, well, going back to Rob Zombie, I've just discovered his real name is Robert Bart- Bartley Cummings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, just, if you've seen just... One Dark Night, you want to give us your quick thoughts before we move on? Um, are we doing Lady in White next? No, One Dark We're Night. We're doing it next. Oh, we're doing, yeah, we're doing One Dark Night now. I like it. Move on. <laughs> no, we changed the movies because we knew you weren't going to be here on deck, so we did something ah. else. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't too keen on uh, that movie you've just been discussing, you know. One Dark Night, what did you like or what didn't you like? I didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't like it. He was there like, I'm summarize. <laughs> Can we know why? <laughs> I was wearing sunglasses at the time. <laughs> oh, I've got dementia and also I've got uh, hypothermia, osteoporosis and vertigo. So, Are you having a bad day, David? I'm having a bad hair day. I've got no hair left. 
Well, it was okay, you know, but um, I, I don't know, it seemed a bit fragmented, a little bit distorted, wasn't it? You know, I, I couldn't seem to follow the plot. Cindy Craig afterwards, we were trying to figure out what's going on, like, you know, um, although, yeah. It moved know, pretty fast, yeah. I think. Yeah. Well, it was only like 82 minutes or something like yeah. that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least it was that. I mean, uh, Craig loaned me um, um, the, the Ring uh, uh, Part 2 last night, and that was great. I really enjoyed it. I watched it last night, you know. It's the first mm. time I've seen that one for a long time. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed The Lady and Mike, though. I thought that was really good. Well, that's what we'll, we're going we'll to get We'll get to that one in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Any more thoughts, guys, on One Dark Night? Um, I, uh, as someone who's seen a, a few of McLaughlin's other movies, and I went back and watched a couple of his Friday the 13th the series episodes, Oh, that's right. Uh, he, he did the series, didn't he? He did a few episodes of the series, including one of them uh, about a horror actor named William Pratt, who's a, which is the real name of Boris Karloff, who yeah. has who does his own makeup to disguise the fact that he's like this ghoul. I'm like, oh, I remember that one. That was a great episode. I gotta episode. go back and find so that one. Oh, I remember that episode now. Yeah. Uh, there are, a lot of the episodes are on YouTube, so you can check it out. Uh, my roommate has the box set of all the Friday I'm trying the to remember what episode TV. number that was. I've got to go find that. It was, a th- uh, it was like season, season two or two. three, episode six, something like that. Um, season, definitely season three. Two or three, episode episode like five or six. It was early on in whatever, whatever season okay, it was. Okay, I'll find it. That um, sounds, I don't think I've seen that one. It's great. You'll love it. It's fu- it's 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 funny. It's it's like a, a very humorous one. I remember that's that. A, and that's yeah. another thing. That and he's, he's trying to conceal, conceal the fact that he's a ghoul by he's like some kind of ghoul or something like that. He's trying. To, he wants to be like an actor, but he has to conceal that he is actually a monster. <laughs> so oh like everyone, my god! I didn't see that. It's hysterical. Yeah, he's named after Boris Karloff's real name. <laughs> and he's carrying around doing his own makeup like he's Lon Chaney Sr., which I, no I both shit. of which I That's thought fantastic. was cool. That's fantastic. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've got to find so, that one. <laughs> um, I liked it in, like, it's the beginning of Tom McLaughlin's career, and you could kind of see where everything that he's done afterwards kind of came from. Yeah. And I appreciate it for that, because I, I uh, Friday the 13th 6, I think, is the best one in the series. I do, too. And one of my favorites. I love yeah. Otis. I, I, I find that a lot of people are giving you credit. Finally, maybe it's just now we're on the internet and we're meeting other people who have seen them all and go, Hey, you know, yeah. this is really good. Um, and I love, sometimes they come back. I've always yeah. loved that movie since I was a kid. I love that movie. I watched it again a couple of days ago, just because you reminded me of it. And it's one yeah. of my favorite movies. It really is. Isn't it's, it's it, I think that is a, isn't that a Stephen King story? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, because I remember it's reading so that. It's so king-like, yeah. it's not even funny. It's, uh, I, I mean, I remember reading it. I mean, this, I mean, both of these films are very king-like, if you yeah. think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I could kind of see where he kind of, like, this is the beginning of uh, of a guy who, I feel like he should have had a better career in movies. It seems like most of what he did was in television, which I'm not knocking that. That's no, uh, great no. for him to, to be able to, to be able to do that. I wish he would have had a chance to do more of Get his more own film. his own films yeah. Yeah. and more of his own ideas out there because he's got a love of classic horror and you can kind of see it. And that yeah. someone like me gravitates that kind of thing. So this is kind of the beginning of that. And I, I, I absolutely dug it because I dig I, I, I dig where it came from. I dig all the stuff that he liked uh, and that he tried to do with it. And yeah, you know, it's he gets a lot more clean polished. fun too. Yeah. I mean, you don't have, yeah, all- I mean, this is, this isn't as polished as his later works, which, you know, I think it's his first feature film. So I, I didn't, I didn't go in expecting it to be that polished, but it was but, a uh, lot for, of fun though, too. I mean, well, you enjoyed to watch yeah. what happened. 
you yeah. know? I mean, it's, it's one of those movies I, I that find like, that a good movie, movie to me is when I don't pause or walk away from it, which right. I could easily do in any film. I actually did that a lot with Lady in White. But it was, this was, I, it kind of kept me there. Once, especially we were in the crypt, it, it just was fast, like, like Joe said, yeah. it's short. It's yeah, like, and it kept me there. And then long. once it's done, it's done. And you're like, oh, that was a fun little ride, you know? Yeah, it, it, it's something like, I always say this, because I know y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, even if you watch Ratchet Regular Cable and you come across a movie on a rainy Sunday or whatever, you see it, you're going to keep it on. You know, yeah. it's just one of those. I don't know. That's how I feel about. I can't believe I've never seen this either, because I definitely Dang. saw Lady in White. And when when I was watching this, I was trying to I was waiting for a familiar moment to happen. I was like, I've never seen this. I know. I was like, I, I just was kind of like shocked at myself to be like, how well, I haven't seen see it this? either. And so yeah. I watched it and getting prepared to when we interviewed E.G. Daly that one time. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, I, I, I'd never heard of this one either. <laughs> Everybody's heard of other, her other stuff, her voiceovers and, you know, yeah. and uh, the big shoe dance and all that stuff, <laughs> but, which I haven't seen that one in a long time too. And it's a lot of fun. Eat lots of edibles though. lots of fun on edibles but um on that note i guess we'll cut the lady in white and we'll be back after the trailer to discuss that one the lady in white after this it's 1962 it's halloween i wish that was as weird as you thanks there's nothing wrong with the town of willow point falls that a powerful imagination can't cure. The London Bridge crumpled under the monster's huge lizard feet. That's impossible. Or is it? But this time, it's not make-believe. No, it was too dark. I couldn't see his face. This time it's serious, deadly serious. I'm telling you, that doesn't matter. This case has been making monkeys out of all of us for the past ten years. And strange, very strange, for you have seen a girl. There was a little girl. I saw her. She was killed in the cloakroom. A girl who wants you to find her killer. Will you help me? You have just one hope to solve the mystery. Sometimes when someone dies violent, they can't rest in peace. To stop the evil. Where are you going? I gotta follow her. To save your life. I'm here, child. Open the door. Say your prayers. Lady in white. Welcome back to the Literary License Podcast, and we're going to be covering The Lady in White. 
And this is a 1988 American supernatural mystery film directed, produced, and written and scored by Frank. Am I going to say this right, Joe? Lelogia? Lelogia sounds right. Lelogia. Yeah. And starring Lucas Haas, uh, Len Cariou, Alex Rocco, and Catherine Hellman. The plot follows a schoolboy in 1962 upstate New York who becomes embroiled in the mystery surrounding a series of child murders after he witnesses the ghost of a young girl who was murdered in his school's coat closet. Much of the filming took place in Leon, New York, which took advantage of the appropriate local lore and scenery. The story is based on the version of the Lady in White legend concerning a woman who supposedly searches for her daughter in Durand Eastman Park in Rochester, New York, from where the director hails. Despite positive reviews from critics, the film was a box office bomb and it later earned status as a cult film, as it well deserves. <laughs> it's a cult film. Great, Joe. So, Joe, what do you think? <laughs> um, this is going to be weird for me because I, if you haven't seen this movie and you're going to listen to us talk about it, just stop right here. We'll still be here when you come back. Yeah, and go watch it. it. Yeah, like, go watch I it. Was, I've been excited about this one since I got, since, uh, I got the... Uh, the, the, the schedule last year from Keith, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I want to talk about this movie. Because <laughs> I fucking love this movie and nobody knows what I'm talking about. Nobody yeah. that I talk to has ever seen this movie. And it, I feel like when people talk about like the great 80s uh, horror movies, nobody ever mentions it. And I feel like it should be there. And like Vicky said, it was a box office bomb. So nobody went to see it. Maybe that's nope. why. Yeah. But it's such a really, really good movie. And someone like me who is a sucker for supernatural movies, is a sucker for a good mystery. Um, it's got that that got kind everything. of whimsical yeah. that kind of whimsical nature to it. Like uh like mm-hmm. John was saying, it's got that very Stephen King vibe to it. So like there's so much to love about this movie. And you get, you know, Lucas Haas, you get Alex Rocco, who is, you know, fa- fucking fantastic. I love yeah. Alex Rocco. Um, yes. I I don't understand to this day. Because he used to play on TV a lot when I was mm. when I was a teenager. Yeah, what happened to him? Who, uh, yeah. who, um, who, Alex Rocco? Yeah. He died. Yeah, he passed away in 2015. Um, and has it been that long? Because I, yeah. I, I didn't see that when I was Alex a Rocco, he, uh, he, was, uh, he was a regular on The Simpsons. Uh, right. The name of his character, he was the guy who ran the Itchy and Scratchy studio on The Simpsons. Oh, God, I say that. He was the voice of that character. I don't remember the name of the character. Oh, Roger Myers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was he was the voice of Roger Myers. Um, so that's probably what he's probably best known for. Well, on the Wonder like Years, audiences. yeah, the Wonder huh? Years. Wonder Years. I Wonder mean, years. you know, the dad. No, he wasn't the dad in the, in the Wonder Years. Was that was the, um, wasn't he the dad in the Wonder Years? No, that was. Um, Why I am I mixing him too, up? John. Oh my god, I thought it was him. But what he's probably best known for is getting shot in the eye in The Godfather because he was Mo Green. Oh. oh my God! Was he Mo Green? He was Mo Green in the Godfather. Oh my God! How did that get by? He looked so old in that, though. <laughs> yeah, um, that he was. That was not him, was it? That was yeah. That was Alex Rocco. He was Mo Green. I'm gonna look up the name of the dad in the Wonder Years. Now, now looked, it's driving me crazy because I thought yeah, it was him. You, oh my I God! Hate it when I feel like such a moron. Fred Savage, um, Dan Loria. Dan Loria was the father. Dan Loria, that's right. But I mean, I could have swore it was Rocco too. Oh my god! Um, I mean, he yeah. has. By the way, he has such a huge career um, because <laughs> I was just like on his IMDb, like looking as well because he's done so many different things. I'm trying to remember where I remember him from now. It's going to drive me crazy because uh, it was Dan a show Loria I used to watch Rocco. too. He was Mo Green. 
That uh, is, he was he was on a lot of stuff. He was, um, but, but I mean, he was so young, and they made I did, wouldn't have never known he played Mo Green. He was. Um, I remember him on the George Carlin show too. George oh, it Carlin's, is him. Oh my god. Yeah, oh George yeah, Carlin, George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin's yeah. Uh, brief sitcom on Fox. He was he was like the gangster that would hang out in the bar. I've um, seen The Godfather like a thousand times, and I would have never known. He did so many cameos. Uh, oh, he was also on Facts of Life. I forgot about that. I don't yeah. remember that. That's, that's remember what that. I was getting it confused with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I so uh, for me, I what I I wish we kind of coupled this. I don't know why with the with Christmas what? story because it would have been a perfect. Christmas, Christmas slash Halloween because of the way the stories are because Ralphie and um no kidding yeah Ralphie uh, and what is his name Freddie Frank. uh Frank Franklin yeah. I think Frankie. yeah Frankie, Frankie. yeah Frankie. so well, Frankie two- Scarlatti which I'm assuming he named the character after himself the the, the writer director yeah. yeah and the, and the interesting thing is both both Bravo of them Gino. were writers and so if you look at the story then when we covered a Christmas story the the character of Georgie was That's, a writer you know and what? They both have that narration. Exactly what I thought when I when I saw lady in white I thought of the Christmas story because of the third person perspective I did too yeah I did too voiceover. It was, it was I actually not- wish it would have came back to him because when it ends I didn't realize it just kind of ended and I was like oh I would have liked for them to come back to the cemetery a little more closure of the cemetery happen. possibly yeah or, or like something like that would come full circle. It just kind of ends with in the past. Um, I, I loved, I think one of the things I love the most about it is the nostalgia and how it goes from being yeah. very whimsical to being like, oh, this is a horror story. And it gets really dark really quickly. Really when quick. Yeah. See what he witnesses at the school. And well, the and it's so getting it, murdered. It's <laughs> It's the small town Stephen King kind of set up kind of deal, too, because yeah. I think it's no. New England, or not New England, it's New York State, but New York State looks a lot like New England. No, New well, well by the way, they just kind of like cropped together two different areas because you could tell they like did. New York landscape and New Haven is not the case no, at all. So, folks, if you're coming not. to New York, it does not look like that. It's <laughs> no. completely CGI'd. It's not that close. So, just no, so you know, a city no, no, is no, very no. far away from. Mm-hmm you know, countryside and land. But I mean, as far as movies, you got comedy, you got mystery, you got the supernatural, you got good versus evil. This movie's got it all. I mean, it's really not lacking for anything. You've got a family storyline. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great script. I mean, the script is fantastic. And this is a great use of all the characters in this because it, it is hard to have a lot of different characters and the relationships between each other. And the grandparents. Have... For anybody who's got yeah, Italian families. Hilarious. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> and the brother just being somewhat though, it was like a little bit, uh, what is going on here? Because I, my brothers never did that to me where he's like, oh, you have such beautiful brown eyes. So it's like, what? And like, what my are you saying to your brother? <laughs> Leave him alone. Get off of him. Like, what? I think my, my, my brother friend, also never threw me and my bike into wet cement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now just... my brothers weren't that cruel, but they, they used to tie me up and leave me in the living room floor. They pretend they were hunting me like until <laughs> And God. then my mother come home from work and I'm still there on the floor. You know, they're out playing ball somewhere and I'm just sitting there. They leave the TV on for me, though. Assholes. Hope you're listening. <laughs> I, I love seeing, like, all of these characters, though, too, because, like, one of the ones, like, I hadn't seen her in so long is um, Lucy Lee. 
that yes. character because she always played the 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 teacher or yeah. the oh yeah she, she always was, played she the brainy played that, what was it Doctor Quinn Medicine Woman wasn't yeah. she the teacher and Doctor she was Quinn, a teacher too? in that yeah yeah she always plays this I like it when she's doing the limbo and they're trying to look up her skirt and hold it you see a little boy looking up her skirt when he's trying to hold it down little boys were just they're just so Lucy flipping. <laughs> <laughs> Boys are just awful to raise. They're, they're, they're dogs chasing cars. They wouldn't know what to do with these They wouldn't know what it was. Or... Yeah. What's that, David? In Camden now, there's posters saying upskirting. Uh, upskirting? <laughs> yeah. Up-skirting? If you stick a camera up a girl, if a girl's uh, skirt, it's called upskirting. And uh, now it's, it's you, now you know, a new law. You're yeah, not allowed, you're not to, allowed to stare at yeah. anyone now with intent. You can't do that. <laughs> but do you know what? My only gripe with this movie is that it wasn't set in Maine. You know what? Yeah. The, 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 the opening of this movie, I mean, what a beautiful oh, yeah, gem yeah. of a movie. The colours. I the fucking colors. love this. I know, the cinematography. The village. This is like what I imagine if I go come to America and, and go around like the village, I would... <laughs> Just I would during fall and yeah. they had all the the pumpkins out and the fancy it dress. It really is quite beautiful. It takes its time. That's where it kind of establishes you feel like you're in this small town, and I love yeah. that about it. It yeah. kind of makes you want to be in that. Oh yeah. It kind of makes you want to be in that period because there's a bit of yeah. simplicity yeah. that happens in that time. Not not the racial inequality and shit like no, that, but like that, just just the the style and the fashion had. and the way they kind of like. The, the, you know, come eat dinner and sit at the table. Yeah. And like the lights that, are like, out in the know. streets, come eat yeah. dinner, we eat dinner together. But it did address race, 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 racial inequality yeah. in the yeah. 60s. Because, that, you know, without getting started, we don't, none of us here are like that for what? No, the poor janitor. But the poor janitor, yeah. The poor janitor. The poor guy it just caught up the buzz and went to sleep, watched the TV. And of course, who are they going to blame? For yeah. molesting and murdering yeah. children, they're not going to go look for the white guy, Even you know. The, and not, not the in the sixties, that's for well. sure. The, the, the bullet went through him and into her as well. I think. Oh, I know. Yeah. And then the crazy, no, the mother was so. Has they ever said that she does his wife die? I don't think they ever. No, said I mean, they it never, it never showed it. Yeah, because I mean, she got sh- shot in the shoulder, less in the heart. I think it actually would have been more impactful that, to be because then that would have been like she had really five bad. kids like, though. Yeah. No. Yeah. She had yeah. a lot of kids, but uh, but the father um, that that plays Frankie's dad. And why am I having a blonde moment? Um, um, la, 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 la. Are you talking about uh, Dad Alex Rocco? Yeah, uh, Rocco. Uh, Angelo, 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 yeah. Angelo. Mm-hmm. How can I forget that's my grandfather's name? But oh, he's God. he's helped her twice. Once when she you know fell in the cheap, she was overcome in the church, and then when she shot. Yeah, I believe he's the same person showing that he already be- didn't believe that there was doubt in his mind that this man, the janitor, had actually done this. I think. Well, there's even yes. the conversation where the the police officers talking to him and how, you know, he I think the police officer was there to be like, but you have to be the one because your son was attacked. And, and he was trying to create reason that. There's no reason why this man should be accused because there's right. no evidence. And it's like, well, there's fingerprints. Well, there's fingerprints everywhere. Like he yeah, works in the school. He works in the school. And, and he, the police officer obviously, obviously admits, well, he's a great he's scapegoat. And then he hears himself say that. And then that's when I think it's like, oh, shit, what am I doing? And he, he kind of gets a police officer to realize what he's saying is wrong, you know? Right. 
But I and mean, I, how, how possible is that you get two kids playing a prank on another little boy and he goes to go pick up his hat? Because back then that was a big deal. You know, yeah. you didn't have a lot of money. It was cold and you needed a hat. This is New York. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. You know, and uh, he, they go in there, lock him in. And all of a sudden this this whole thing just evolves out of him being locked in that cloak, that cloak well, closet. Yeah, I got I the think- sense that this just happens every night. I think it's well, a it's repeat. Yeah. It's sort of like a haunting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I got happening. I got the feeling that this is going to happen every night at that time, all yeah. the way through to Crazy, the yeah. to the Security cliff until it yeah. ends. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a like it's a, a loop. It's like a forever loop. But I think yeah. he becomes more attached to it when he almost dies. So there's a, an endearing bond well, that I think happens going on too. No, but I think he almost dies in that same situation. Well, he tried to choke him. He went yeah. back to get the ring <laughs> and there's stuff that fell in the grave. We never, when we never see the, the we never, he, his dad just appears there, doesn't he? With the, with the paramedics and that, but we don't see the, um, Phil, the, the murderer, we don't see him actually contacting the police or how. No, how no. Because again, he, towards the end, he says, I didn't know it was you. Yeah. And so I think what he did was he might have, you know, was trying to kill him and something intervened during that time and then ran away. And then, or the father at that point could have been like, my son never came home from school, right? Because mm-hmm. technically he didn't. He was at Wasn't school. Wasn't it like lights happened. out? That's how they cut from that scene. He was strangling him yeah. and it was like, yeah, he out. passed out and then he woke up in bed and it was, <clears> yeah. <throat> mm-hmm. And I, I get Keith's um, psychology behind the, the <laughs> two movies back to back because it is about the feeling of being trapped somewhere. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That. Um, so, when did yeah. you guys realize that it was Phil that did it though when did you guys start figuring that oh, I, I had from the very start just because I kind of can read <laughs> the good guy the fr- the friends and the relationships and all that it just seemed too groomy yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> watching- he tried, he, he, something didn't seem right about him especially watching after- it watching it now it was obvious but Right, right. I was too bowled over by the beautiful colors, you know, the beautiful colors. Yeah, the color, the color <laughs> yeah, correction colors. in this movie oh, is outstanding. It was, it is beautifully done. Colors were just, yeah, um, it, it, just really beautiful. I mean, that was a, it was a piece of art. Yeah, uh, that, the that guy, um, beautifully this. written, beautifully shot, beautifully yeah. acted. Yeah. Yes, there's really not much wrong with this. Don't I mean, watch it. honestly, I, as soon as I saw this was on our podcast list, I, I bought it on Blu-ray because mm. I just love this film. Um, I watched it, and, and you get a, even on the even the film cover, you get the sense of vulnerability of the kid with the vampire hat on his head and and the, and the light coming through yeah. from the from the, the cloak. Didn't room. they cut away the like his little monsters and stuff? He had Frankenstein, yes. and things like yeah, that yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And Bela Lugosi vampire yeah. doll. Yeah. And um, it's almost yeah. like that scene was like repeated, wasn't it? Waiting for somebody who was like uh, kind of sensitive, like he is, you know, just waiting for somebody to sort of like understand that like uh, this loop is going on and need someone to sort of like, please find me, please help me. And I love the chase sequences through the woods with the fog and oh, everything. Yeah. 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 I didn't, I like the only how- one character I didn't really understand was Amanda. Was that? Was that the mother's mother? Like I didn't understand where. That was, yeah, yeah. That was Amanda mother. was that's the sister. grandmother of the little girl. The grandma, or, or sister. The grand. No, that's what I mean. Catherine like, Hellman and the blonde lady, the white, the lady in white, were sisters. Yeah. 
Oh, got it. Because I was like confused by that. That I was, was like, her I didn't sister, understand. and she was in an insane oh. asylum for a while. And she lived in the cottage where the the mom and the daughter. Catherine Hellman. Yeah, and yeah. that's why the room was so kept up. She kept it just as nice as you know when they. they yeah, she gave play. me life with that performance when she was like, you know, creepily over him. Talk and, like, about talking him about in. Catherine. Yeah. She scared the shit out of me in this movie because she looked. She looked. She reminded me of the witch in Black Sabbath again. <laughs> you know, just like every time. And I love. <laughs> <Catherine Hellman. laughs> well, she's I coming down the stairs there. So yeah, <laughs> I adore her as an actress. I and, just and, really Angelo. Her. Angela Bertoloni played the Papa Charlie. Right. Uh, yeah. And I keep thinking that the main the main kid is is in something that I've seen as a kid and yeah, I just can't I can't this. place yeah. where a lot. He's in a yeah. lot of he movies. He played in um that the Amish. Oh God. If it's a bad eight, he's uh, witness. <laughs> witness, yeah, oh, witness. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, that with, movie. Um, <laughs> Oh god! The Another guy one. Did. Kelly McGillis was in. He was he was like the go-to kid actor for a couple years there in the eighties. Yeah. He was. He was the. He was like what's that guy called? The one who was in the Sixth Sense. Dustin and, Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's son. No, <laughs> no um, no. Uh, uh, no, Haley I mean, Joel Osment is who you're thinking of in the Sixth Sense. That's the yeah. dude. That's him. And he uh, was but, in, Luke, but Lucas Haas had like he had a string of hits in the eighties. He was in a lot in the eighties and nineties, so he, he that, was that's so like, cute with those ears and those big brown eyes. I mean, you know, um, the, the, so maybe you guys can help me because I was trying to figure this out this morning because I was finishing watching this. The scene where the girl is in, uh, where he's at the graveyard, I think it's almost like a fantasy scene where he's right. like sitting there and she's yeah. at the grave and she's right. like, she kind of sees him and she's like, help me find my mother or whatever. And it's all yeah. idyllic and unicornish. Yeah. So what is the movie? And I could not for the life of me remember the name of this movie, but it's a, it's an, it reminds me of the, this movie where a girl is dead and she keeps coming to, someone and showing how she dies oh. and oh. It, it's a horrible ending because you think she's still alive and she's not alive but she's, she's dead oh my god it was a farm it was a farm with yeah. a bunch of kids by a camp can you give me an era here, like a like a decade? No, it was recent. It was not an older movie. It was it oh. was one where the it's like it basically the ending is the guy the guy who is a serial killer, he kind of gets away with killing her. He kind of gets away and you think, well, this is a really shitty ending because like yeah. the whole point is that she's trying to get someone to help her find her body. It's it's was maybe bag of bones? Oh my god, I can't like hear it. Was so, it bag of bones? Yes, bag of bones. That bag one. of bones, yeah. Oh, no way. The lovely bones. Lovely the lovely bones. The lovely, That's bones. It the lovely bones. Because it remind me of that angelic because there was something about that film that That's is so it. haunting that it's like she looks beautiful. She's a lovely bones girl. Is, is in season six. We're covering that in season six, lovely bones. Yeah. It's such a Wasn't great Wasn't that a Shimalayan film? I've read the book. Um was it Peter Jackson actually? Could have what? Peter Jackson? Maybe it was Peter Jackson. Now here we go with our phones. I know, we're all like, IBD, IBD. (laughs) This this film received nominations for a Young Artist Award. It was Uh, one of these movies. was Peter Jackson. Okay, okay. Well, I don't want to talk too much about that because then it, because especially if we're covering it, because this movie remind me of that because of this haunting thing that happens to a girl but that's a like, good that's, that's a just, good analogy to draw though yeah and it, it was just that scene in itself very felt very um like she can't be put to rest but she's in this like space between that is like she's okay 
but she's not with her mother. And it's just a sad little like thing that even though it feels like a safe space for her that she's moved on, she can't move on without yeah. her mother. And mm. it just, that scene was like, oh. Well, for those <laughs> of us. Clearly her mother can't move like on that. without her. Correct. Yeah. No, and they so they're both, both like trapped. For each other. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of sad. You know, when you think of stuff like that, they're just people, even when they're dead, you know. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't know that they passed. You know, didn't, didn't Carl Jung say that? If it's not one thing, it's your mother. Yes. <laughs> I but at least like she was beautiful and not scary. <laughs> yeah, she and she was, did yeah. scare, and she did scare Phil because he was trying to throw the little boy off the the. Uh, yeah. Well, know. and and <laughs> even the dad could have, you know, there was Let that moment where the dad could have said, "Oh, you're gonna die!" <laughs> like, take my hand, psych. <laughs> you know, he was really. And I guess he was him. overcome. Would you say he was <laughs> overcome with humiliation, embarrassment? I also, you think you're very mm-hmm. conflicted because, you know, at the end of the day, when someone... How many kids he killed? 10 and molested 10? Yeah. Ten, well, never said he molested them. So that was an interesting thing because it never was... Well, I the think boy a, said he molested them. Remember, the, the brother said, yeah, he killed and, and he, molested the brother. Ten. The brother oh. said it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it also just, to me, you're conflicted because you know a different person, right? So the dad right. was raised with him. Uh, technically, they were brothers, right? And it was... Like you're conflicted with, I don't know why you're doing this, but I still want to help you. I want to save you. Right. And I want to try to, and he just couldn't live with himself. And that's where, you know, he let himself die because he was like, I'm not going to, I can't live. He even said, I can't see your father's face. I can't see your father's face. I I don't know how, yeah. I don't know how I could, uh, yeah. Something like that. Something along those lines of, I don't know how I, how how I could ever face your father. You know what his, his go-to moment was in this whole film is when the little boy has the real, when Franklin Frankie has the realization that uncle Phil is the bad guy. And he wants in that, that, that car. And he's like this, let me in. Let me in. He was pulling a Jack Nicholson. Let me in. That that scene is so tense. Even before they get into the car, because we as the audience know it. And his brother had just discovered it. And now they're out, you know, doing this archery and. Oh, and it's crazy too, because then he's like getting all close to him. And oh, it could have been an accident. He could have accidentally shot him with the arrow. You know what I mean? that's what and that's where i think they were trying to point us going is he's go, he know because at this point he knows that frankie has the ring yeah because he he had mentioned finding a ring he, so right. at this point he but he, he you know but i don't him, think it look like an accident i don't know i don't think that was the case i think really the jig was up when he started singing or whistling yes and Have when he saw anything? his reaction well that's what frankie it was like it. oh god uh, he knows dude. And then he was like, how do I get him? to? It's okay. It's okay. Trust me. You know, even in the woods, remember he puts it, he puts it, the, the oh, uh, bow and arrows down. I'm, I, I, you know, you don't understand. I'm so, like, he's trying to reason with him, but I don't think he, I don't think he really wanted to harm him because he kept, I think he saying, loves the family. I yeah. think he just yeah. totally yeah. like, like he kind of was like, it was point. a mistake that, uh, you know, I didn't realize it was you in the closet. And I tried to kill you. My bad. I'll leave you alone. Don't say <laughs> yeah. anything. I got to kill you like, now, though. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, by the way, said- I would be that kid, too. If that, if he was trying to kill me, I'd be scratching him, biting him. If you're going to fucking yeah. kill me, I'm getting your DNA, motherfucker. I oh, will yeah. I will make sure it will and he was doing that. in my mouth. <laughs> I, like, I will swallow your ear. Oh, and he was trying to throw him off the cliff. Yeah. He was I will end 
like white yeah. on rice. Yeah. But that song was key though, because that song kept playing. <laughs> Have you ever seen a dream walking? Now it's going to be stuck in my head all day. I know. Yeah, it's it's what um. <laughs> I thought Keith's version drived it to every oh, little star. Wait, wait, what, Joe? I gonna say like I, movies do. That's what uh, Mulholland Drive did that with uh, every little star. Like I can't. Oh, yeah, anytime yeah, I hear it now, right. um, that was great. Uh, what the hell's uh. Uh, fucking bad lieutenant with uh, uh, pledging my love. Like I can't like hear yeah, that song without thinking of bad lieutenant. Whenever I hear this song, I can't help but think of this movie. Well, there's a where's there's the other one that you use over and over again with like, <laughs> I mean, there's Jeepers and Creepers, but there's a one. What yeah. movie uses a yeah. one song over and over again that it's like a horror? It's like a horror theme song that they, oh, they um, use in like three different movies now. And it's like good uh, God, stop. tiptoe through the tulips. Yeah, now. Yeah, 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 oh my God. God. I want to come in for you. Yeah. Oh, the tulips. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, that movie's yeah. I never looked at Tiptoe Through the Tulips ever again after that movie. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Never. I think the first time I heard like sort of like old classic 30s, 20s and 30s songs uh, sort of uh, paired with um, a really spooky uh, sort of, it was the, the singing detective. I don't know if you guys got that. In, What's, it's because of the, it's because yeah. of the, the way that the he did, yeah. have aged. Yeah. What's that? It's because oh. of the way the recordings have aged. Yeah. 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 Right. Like you, you hear the crackling and you hear all yes. the dead air. Yes. Yeah. And it gives it this kind of ethereal sound yeah. now that, like, yeah, when you might, listen well, to it, it's also it's yeah. meant to be a very whimsical song. But look right. at how it's being used. So he yeah. he he is whistling this, killing children, and so yes. that thought of you know hearing this, hearing the young girl sing it. Yeah, and then right, right after she sings it, she's like, "What are you doing?" And then he's murdering her, and so for the, mm. it changes the whole context of that song. Yeah. After that and then moment she, on, and then she she wakes up and he and uh, on the edge of the cliff, and he still chucks her over. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's even like not it's, you know she it's bad enough being strangled, but then yeah, she, you've over. you've survived that, but then you're going to get dumped over a cliff as well. It's, it's quite. Then her mother comes and sees yeah. her, and she just dives off the cliff, and there we get the it's lady. Just another lady. weekend in Newcastle, and <laughs> exactly <laughs> Castle Rock. Then Catherine Helen. Yeah. <laughs> they made her look so scary, though. Catherine Helen looks so scary. She's the sweetest, one of the sweetest people that probably ever lived. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you also so, feel bad for her when you realize who she is and what she's trying yeah, to do. And then and he, he beats he kills her, her and he beats her to death. It's like, alive. Oh. It's just like, geez, this guy's an asshole. At first, I almost empathized with him because he was sick in the head. But he just I, needed to die. He I kind of wish that they had a bit of more. I know they were trying to isolate the reunion between the mom and the daughter, but it would have been right. nice that the that the sister would have been a part of that. Like, like, you know, she went through all this to save some of these yeah. kids, literally, and her spirit, doesn't she get a resurrection and a redemption? It's just like, where is <laughs> Apparently <it>? not. <laughs> now <laughs> she's a new lady in white. She's like, damn it. Well, <laughs> <did> <laughs> I, mean, oh, I just realized... In the case of, oh, go ahead. Um, so the brother is one of the the kid in the movie The Explorers. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. River Possibly. Phoenix and Ethan Hawke. Yeah, right, yeah. Well, that's where it, that's where it's racking my brain. <laughs> I love that movie. Like. <laughs> was, uh, what, what I was going to say though is the sister doesn't really like. Okay, she dies this horrible death, but you know the guy who killed her is immediately killed afterwards anyway. So 
in a way it's kind of redeemed all it's kind of redeemed itself already although yeah it would have been nice to have the three of them all reunited yeah um, well that's what i mean it's like she was kind of like holding the fort if you will like i yeah. think she was like you know my sister died and my niece died right and so i'm gonna be the watch in trying to help you know Mm. you know figure this out or well, she, she was said, just crazy well, she stayed there because she knew she knew she's been searching for her daughter you know mm. yeah what's well, it's yeah the the inability to move on like when you when you have that kind of trauma and in this case this woman lost uh her sister and her niece at the same time so it, it's kind of it's kind of a physical representation yeah. of not being able to move on emotionally or mentally when yeah when she glided down the stairs it just reminded me of in it when the they're in the in the old house and the, the old she lady wasn't dead so how did she glide down the stairs that's the part i was <laughs> oh, she didn't glide she just kind of walked it, she had a really cool you know she had a you know beyonce fan like flickering her with the wind and stuff right. so it, it looked like she's floating but it was really not like you know but, well keith richards actually floats around this guy <laughs> interviewing the stones and he said mick jagger was just trying to impersonate everybody in the room and Keith ja- and Keith Richards was actually floating an inch off the ground. I mean, that's because he was always high as a fucking kite. All there is one thing in this movie that, uh, to me, didn't didn't make sense, but because it's so beautiful in the way it works out, yeah. that I have no problem with it. From the moment uh, Charlie gets in the car. It's still daylight out. Right. It's, it's, it's like what, 3, 4 p.m., 5 oh, p.m. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. dead of night, like two minutes later. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. in the woods. Are you, are you like, talking about when he's locked in? <laughs> when no, he locks no. himself in the car and then he gets out? Oh, okay, yeah, gotcha. that's true. He runs into the woods during the day. His brother figures out during the day, oh, shit, it's Phil. And then... <laughs> It's nighttime or, I mean, in the woods. Yeah. Or he's really exhausted from running all the way from the <laughs> like, yeah. And then it's, think, and then it's nighttime. Would, it's like in the afternoon where he thing. discovers Phil's the killer. And then it's nighttime by the time he goes and finds Alex, Alex Rocco in the Times Square. How Dude, or in the town square? How big is this Ed small town? Yeah. Ed yeah. Wood. <laughs> well, I mean, there, there's so many space. small villages in upstate New York. I mean, I don't consider. Yeah. I mean, it could be like it kind of reminded me. I mean, maybe you guys know I'm talking about like Croton on Hudson or Poughkeepsie area, kind of. I've never been maybe. up that north. Yeah, I mean, it it is very like you know Hudson or Poughkeepsie. Yeah, yeah it's it's got that small town feeling. But I don't. Like, I mean, yeah, I didn't Catskill. even think about that because I just I think I just naturally. I didn't know when the brother was looking, so I didn't realize it was daytime. So I just thought it was nighttime. Like, I don't know what scene from what scene, you know, but then well, when, uh, you have a point when, when he's doing, when he's in the car and he runs out, it was clearly day. Like when yeah. he gets out of the car, he takes off running. Well, when the, when the brother's flipping through the yearbook, um, you could see because there's a window right by him. You could see that there's daylight coming through. But even still, when the kid gets out of the car, it's daytime. Oh, so yeah, either exactly. that kid's been running for hours <laughs> trying to get away, like which is yeah. horrible. Well, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out the, the the geographics of this because you got the town. She's clearly on the edge of town. This is this the rip. This is not a river. This looks like the ocean. Yeah. Well, it's it's meant to be almost like a Maine because there are. That's what I'm saying. Maine. This can't yeah. be upstate New York. <laughs> You know what it reminded me of was uh have, have you guys seen The Uninvited, the nineteen forties movie? Yeah. I didn't yeah. see the forties, but I saw the other ones. 
I feel like I, this kind of felt like that now that I think of it. And this is another, another situation where like, wow, watching, watching this movie, this is someone else who clearly had a thing for classic horror. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, yeah, I don't know where that would be, but it was somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean, clearly. I, I mean, I clearly think they just mashed things together because even the opening sequence, you, when you see Manhattan behind it, I was like, what? This is That's not Central Park. Boston. What are you doing? Yeah. This is not That was supposed not, to be Boston. Here, that was supposed to be Boston, John. No, when he gets to the small town and he is like, Oh, you know, we're, we know this is a small town that I grew up in. You see the city landscape right on right. top of the, yeah. the the town. And I'm like, what? That is not possible. No. You know, but we used to call it in New Hampshire. We used to climb uh, Mount Monadnock a lot. And sometimes on clear days, and this is like a long ways off, you could almost see the outline of Boston in the distance. It was oh, the just, city. Yeah. It's just, and this is the very Southern New Hampshire. It's just, just a matter of catching. I also thought, of, by the way, that none of us have thought about this too, is that they all kind of, they worked at an iron plant, but they were how they were making the gates for the cemetery. I that thought was that was very nice. eerie too. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Yeah, there was, there was probably something in there we probably missed, something trivial that we just didn't pick up. But some of these movies you can watch like two or three times. You just can, and you'll always find something that you didn't see. Mm-hmm. That's true. And this yeah. is such a beautiful movie. Just in it so is. I would recommend it to anyone yeah. to watch this movie. It's, it's the kind of one you could watch again. It's 10 out of 10. Yes. You know, I mean, like The Wizard of Oz, I must have watched that 50 times. But, you know, it's like this is the one I could probably watch again. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The colors. I, mean, I remember this movie. I do remember this because of different scenes, especially the graveyard scene and the scene where she's like sitting in the room playing and the brother's like, oh my God. And she, he's like, don't scare her. Like, yeah. don't scare yeah, her. Don't, don't scare, scare her. her. It's a- but it did. It, it it was on a budget of four point seven million. It only grossed like one point seven million at the box office. Okay, and apparently, got- it recouped its entire production budget of four point seven million due to foreign video and cable TV earnings. So, so it got an estimated three to five million net at subsequent years. The film got an out, um, selected as an outstanding film of the year for presentation at the London Film Festival in eighty yeah. eight. And one best film and the audience award at the Festival of Imagination in France in, in the same year. Nice. So yeah, like it said, critically acclaimed. And I think once people watch it, they're going to love it because what isn't there to love about this movie? Oh, yeah. You know, maybe the effects are bad, but it's nineteen eighty eight. Not for that like, time, yeah. because that's like to me. For that nice, time they're great. Know. Yeah, for the time they're great. You know, forty years later, yeah, okay, maybe the effects aren't very good anymore. Um, but you gotta watch Dark Shadows. Like we're like an up to episode a thousand four. You want to see some bad CGI yeah, or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Just like especially the bat. That's the, that's <laughs> the only thing in this movie that I think doesn't age well is the is the special effects because this like like but, you said, I mean the, we're older and we we we've, we've lived through the 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 ramping up of the CGI and everything. Yeah. But I mean you gotta appreciate the go to films. It's not going to have the Godzilla versus King Kong CGI. Yeah. But that's what yeah. makes them so good still. That's what I think. I, I just feel like you can't. It it just holds its time and its place oh, where yeah. it's at. And, For its and, time, it looks yeah. fantastic. Yeah. You think you of know, like remember watch, remember um the parent trap when they tried to do the whole twins and they had, you could totally see the <laughs> screen and you're like, yeah. okay, you know. Yeah. 
Oh my God, that's right. That was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I was actually watching um, a John Ford movie uh, the other week where Edward G. Robinson is playing a bank teller. Was it a bank teller? I don't remember what he is, but he's playing somebody who looks exactly like this gangster. And there were scenes where they had Edward G. Robinson in, fr- you know, in front of the gangster. And you could clearly tell. You could clearly see that it's Edward G. Robinson in front of a screen yeah. of Edward G. Robinson. Oh, no. No kidding. <laughs> but, you, you know, a movie like this, I think, like you guys said, the, the cinematography is going to carry it through. The writing is going to carry it through. The acting is going to carry the it through. The script definitely carries yeah. it through. The yeah. Now, Najal, uh, now, Najal, I can't even say the word. Nostalgia, the nostalgia, nostalgia of the time period where you kind of feel like you're in that yeah. time period, you know. And I was, uh, I was a kid who who liked, you know, like, like when I was in high school, I, I was buying all those old, uh, those old '60s monster movies, like Famous Monsters of Filmland, because there was a there was a bookstore near me. Uh, it was weird. There was this old lady who worked in the bookstore. She was in there alone. You can't go in there. She only lets you in when her son is there. But uh, I would go in there and I'd buy all these magazines. And that's what this kind of reminded me of was was that era of like you know these are these are the kids that are reading famous monsters of filmland and building the Aurora model kits and that stuff. Yeah, so in that yeah. in that regard, I really I really enjoyed that aspect of it too. I also I'm, like the little girl that had a crush on him when she's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that when you told this little story. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was that kid who would go home and uh, you know, like in 1990, 1991, I was writing my little my little monster stories and my little Dick Tracy ripoffs. Yeah. This is why my, the Monster Squad rocks. Yeah, yeah. Yes. exactly. It's darker. It's darker than the Monster Squad, but yeah. this is kind of yeah. that kind of thing. It's weird because I didn't expect the movie to kind of take that bit of a twist because it feels in the beginning very like, you know, PG. And then it kind of goes, oh, PG-13. And now yeah. we're getting into molesting and killing children. Okay, <laughs> we've bridged a gap here. What yeah. is going on? But it still remained PG. <laughs> still I believe, Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> didn't well, it, be- it had a PG rating, didn't it? Yeah, I'm looking it, it was- up right now. Because there was no, there's no gratuitous except for the guy getting shot, but you don't see him getting shot. It's the angling of what they do. It kind of doesn't. That was really upset me when the guy got shot. But they didn't show, like, I mean, it's show from her perspective, then you see the splatter, but you don't see him physically getting shot. So it probably got a PG. Uh. I can't oh. find it. I also like that he was he was a, 15. 15. he was also a kid that wasn't, you know, like Ralphie when he gets bullied, it takes a lot for him to trigger and then he got right. fight, you know, a Christmas story. He he got bullied once and he punched a kid in the face and I was like, <laughs> You go. Like, well, he, he made like, fun I'm not of taking his little crap. black friend, his 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 lady friend, his little black girl, and he said some very uninspiring comments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, PG thirteen. PG-13. Is that by today's standards or was that back then? Well, that's that what it was back rated then. back then. Yeah. Did we have a 13 rating back then? Uh, yeah. Uh, the PG-13 rating started, I think, after after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. The Blu-ray. Oh, that's it. right, because it had 250 acts of violence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Because it wasn't it wasn't violent enough to be an R rating, but it was too violent to be a PG rating. Uh, that movie, Gremlins, <laughs> and something else. 
made the idea out of they decided they needed uh, gremlins. Why gremlins? Because there's no. There's no really gremlins. <laughs> there's a lot of mayhem in that. Probably the old lady. Uh, there, there's mayhem, but there was no like really violence in gremlins. I know it's weird. Um, but, so, but you know, you know what it is. If you're 12 years old, you cannot watch this movie. If you're 13, however, you are totally mature enough to watch yeah. this movie. <laughs> Yeah. Well, there is also the the obligatory titty shot that happens when he's going up and he's looking at the calendar. So there was that could have flagged. Yeah, that's right. Because he looks and he's like, "Oh, what's this?" Or then the boys are trying to look up the teacher's skirt. (laughs) There was no really gratuitous boobies or anything in any of these. Yeah. Which the teacher didn't seem to understand that that's what they were doing. Oh no. And she was complete, completely clueless. They're like, okay, do it again. The and do it again. Done. And do it again. <laughs> oh my God. Little boys are the bane of a lot of teachers' existences from the back of the day. But there's little boys are great, man. You get them in groups, though. God, man. You just got to Well, you could tell, too, the teacher at the beginning was like losing control of the classroom because yeah. they were like tearing the classroom up, which is funny. I think it's funny that she was in it though because she always plays a school marm or something. Yeah. She's like she mm-hmm. is the perfect casted school teacher that woman is. Oh yeah, the librarian, the school teacher, yes. you know, yeah, the, the, the secretary, mother. the concerned mother, you know, yeah. she always played that. Is that what she was in one of the police academy movies? I forget which character oh, she that's played right. character's concerned mother. Well, one of the women who became uh who became a, a cadet at the academy. She was that cadet's concerned mother. God, I love the Police Academy movies. Those are so good. I love it. They kept ending up as a poster. You want to break yourself up? It was the funniest fucking thing to ever happen. I don't care. They kept ending up at the gay bar, and it just killed me. The Blue Oyster. The The Blue Oyster. Oyster. (laughs) (laughs) I might even have to watch that now that I think about it. Yeah, that was that's um, just good she, clean fun and i remember that what, what, what was her name the one that had really sweet voice in it and then she's like calm down and she would remember she oh had, um Marianne she had the very was such a sweetheart i worked with her on lava Angela. she was such she a was sweet so woman. great uh she was so nice too um i got to work with her for like two days on on, uh, on lava Angela. she was such a wonderful she passed away a couple of years passed away ago recently yeah yeah, yeah. how um, sad she, though what a just just what a trooper she was! I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll say this about the uh, the police academy guys. I, I worked with uh, Gutenberg, Winslow, and and Ramsey on La Valanchella, and they all of them could not be nicer. They were yeah. so cool. And I had to sit in a truck with Michael Winslow uh, <laughs> because I I, I was uh, he was driving the truck, and I was I was in the truck with him. We were going to get out. We were just going to going to shoot all these like fire breathing spiders. And the entire time that we're sitting in the truck waiting for our cue. He's doing all the stuff he's doing yeah. in the Police Academy movies. Yeah. Helicopter, like he, he's a machine gun. <laughs> yeah, he, he's pretending to fuck around with the radio and starts fucking doing his Jimi Hendrix. And I'm like, ah. Yeah, yeah. Greatest time of my life. So he's like that and, and just normally, too. Yeah, yeah. What about the one who sprays a fire extinguisher in the face for smoking? Oh, bloody hell. That was... uh. Oh, that was Marion Ramsey, wasn't yeah, it? That was, yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she was so nice. I didn't, I didn't get to talk to her all that much because we were not in a lot of stuff together. But I, I, uh, I got to talk to Steve Gutenberg a lot. Gutenberg was so cool, especially when I told him my my dad loved the Police Academy movies. Yeah. So that was uh, that was I've super the cool. Set. Um, they made me hysterical. Oh, they, they like, they're hysterical so funny. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Sadly, they, she died at yeah seventy three. Yeah. yeah, she died like I like. 
I want to say in the last couple of years, like I think after the COVID thing started is when she died. Uh, but back to uh, back to the school teacher in this movie. God, we go off on tangents here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. She clearly wanted to break herself off a piece of Alex Rocco. Oh, Alex Rocco. Hey, tell your father I'm in the book yeah. under this name. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, really. <laughs> She's really pushing for it. Yeah. yeah. I, I oh, love yeah. also the relationships with the grandparents. It was so cute, like to have oh, that yeah. as little That reminded pieces. me of like every neighbor I had in my in my little um yeah. my little yeah. uh, neighborhood in Bensonhurst. The, the starting to speak a little bit of English but then going off into Sicilian because it's not even Italian. It's yeah. Sicilian. Yeah, it's Sicilian, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It was I've so always good. I thought it's always been funny. Oh, me. Sicilian <laughs> relatives always like to branch enough for the smoking okay come on enough for the smoking it's sort of like it's sort of like texas people down here it's like oh you're from the united states they go no we're from texas you know the best thing they didn't they didn't subtitle any of it they just no. left it. Like, yeah, they it just doesn't matter. It. Yeah. Just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah, what is just what if she says? Uh, it, my favorite line is when she's like, "You you'll get a temper," and he goes, "She goes, Ma, uh, grandma or whatever he calls her, Fever. it's temperature." And she goes, "No, but you're you know you'll have a temper too or something like that." Or yeah, this, it was cute. Like, <laughs> oh, the grand that. the grandparents are like some of the best character actors. I mean, there's no character wasted in this entire yeah. film. No, there was, not at all. Sorry, going off on a tangent again, but we were at a gig and uh, this guy kept coming up to this song. He says, hey, excuse me, can you play a jazz chord? And we go, jazz chord? I've never heard that song. No, I sing it for you. I jazz chord to say I love you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. So good. Oh, oh man. That's fantastic. <laughs> Any more thoughts on Lady in White, guys? I just thought the little boy Frankie was what a brilliant little actor. Frankie. Yeah, he was, he was brilliant in a lot of stuff he was yeah. in. I also yeah. like still, the, still acting. Yeah, he's still working. He's still. Uh, I think he's more of a director producer now, right? He's not think, much I acting. Right. I think. Uh, he was just recently in a couple. House, of yeah. Movies. Uh, he just, might. Like, he might have moved on to directing and producing now. Yeah, I know. Well, for I a think fact, he's lost the little too. the little boy look. Yeah. Definitely in something. He still else got too- the ears, though. He's still kind of cute. <laughs> uh, recently, he was in Inception, The Revenant, First Man, Zoolander, oh, wow. Lincoln. Uh, he's he's in a lot of movies. Still, he's still. You know working. what? The Ryan White story. That's the one that I could not remember, and he was absolutely fantastic in that story. Yeah. That that was so sad. God, that was just an awful period of time. Yeah, I don't think I know that one. It was about a little boy who contracted AIDS through a blood transfusion. Oh, my God. And this is back in the 80s, and people were just totally ignorant boneheads back then. And his life, it was just awful. And he had, his family just went through all kinds of hell because of it. And you know how people are, they're ignorant. (laughs) People are cruel. Cruel, cruel is the word for it. Do you remember what the title was? I wonder if these people still sleep well at night, that's all. Is that with Sarah, um, the girl from Terminator? Oh. Are you talking about, um, uh, my God. Judith, which story? Uh, no, Judith Light was in that. Uh, Linda Hamilton? Linda yeah. Hamilton, yeah. 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 No, the, it was Judith Light was uh, oh, okay. in it okay. with that one. 
He was in Mars Attacks, too, I guess. I don't remember him being in Mars Attacks, but I guess he was. I haven't seen Mars Attacks in a long time, so whatever whatever he I mean, but by the way, he could have had such a cameo role because there were so many people in that movie in Mars Attacks. I know. It's a shit ton of people. Martin Short (laughs) was in it. Natalie Portman. Yeah, looking over IMDb, he never seems to have stopped working, so good for him because that's the opposite of what you hear about child actors. No yeah. kidding, he kept like, on going. Yeah, it seems like he's one of those that he's he's just had a fantastic career and good, you know, good on him for that. He probably kept his nose clean and literally. And he I also think some people like kind of like um, what's her name that he probably wanted smaller roles. He didn't want like these big, huge roles. Like it seems like he did a lot of like character acting in different series, which is great because then you're getting you're getting paid and you're still acting, but you're right. not like. Yeah. You know, so so deep enriched in something that you have, it's like you get bucketed into that. You know, yeah. Mm. Mm. He has definitely made something out of his life. It's nice to see some of these child actors. They just just get so something happens to them along the line, and they they just don't seem to make it, so to speak. Yeah. So. The only one, the only one I can think of, like Drew Barrymore. You know, she uh... she can't. She did a good comeback though. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Barrymore also had and she has advantage. a talk show now so yeah. yeah Drew Barrymore also had the advantage of her father her grandfather her great grandfather her great uncle the Royal Shakespearean Academy stars yeah. Yeah. Jared yeah, the Barrymore family goes all the way back to the silent era yeah, yeah that's, she was true. Always... that's true that's true she, Jared she... Rustin was in this from big that's where I recognized oh, the bully yeah, the bully yeah. kid oh, oh okay <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. This movie had a lot of recognizable characters that you're like, I know that kid from somewhere. I know this kid. The only one I didn't really recognize was the other bully. One of the bullies I didn't recognize. Right. The the Louis. Louis I didn't recognize. Louis. He's the one that played Gregory Livingston. Oh, Gregory Livingston. Yeah. I didn't recognize him. I didn't. He's only done the Black Cauldron in 85. There you go. So that's why he... He hasn't done a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as the cast, yeah, the cast of this movie's fantastic too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like we're we're just gonna sit here gushing about it because like there's yeah. nothing about this movie that I don't think any of us didn't no. like. I can't I can't fight. Well, the only thing that you guys threw me with was day into night in five seconds. But other than that, <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. anything I think else. Suspension of disbelief. You know, yeah, it's an I think it was more a style yeah. choice. I don't think that was like a yeah. fuck up. I think he stylistically wanted to go in that direction because it yeah, looks yeah. better to do that yeah, at night. Yeah. And and honest, obviously it wasn't so noticeable because I think I would have I would have caught that because I feel like we've had other films where I'm like, why did they just suddenly go to dark, you know, tonight? Now when I didn't movie, catch it at all. When, when you are so engaged in the story, think. those little things don't often <laughs> pop up to you. Yeah. If the movie is that good, you don't notice. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing, like I said, I wish it would have ended back in the present and there would have been a little something like else. A little, yeah. yeah, like a little epilogue at the yeah. end at the cemetery. I would like, have maybe liked some, to- some a little more closure at the end, like yeah. at the cemetery, John, like you were talking about, because that's where it started. He goes, well, this is where I first met her kind of thing. And yeah. he yeah. was talking about the little girl, I'm assuming, the, the ghost girl. So, Oh, wow. You know, that uh, uh, Chinema Paradiso, uh, if you guys have seen that, that's what that kind of reminded me of with the the beginning, you know, of the successful writer coming home yeah. uh, to the, to the tiny, to the tiny village. Yeah. Uh, except that, that movie had, had the, had that little, that little coda at the end. 
But wow, yeah, that's but, a, that's another thing I just noticed. I'm like, it reminds me of that too. But I mean, again, the Christmas story, that novel that we we read is yeah. that's how it begins: is him coming back and he he sees mm. his friend right at a bar, and then right. they reminisce about all the times in their childhood, and it kind of goes back. But you know, I'd have to go reread it. I haven't read that in a long time either. That's yeah. actually a very good book. Yeah. Well, even the narration of a Christmas story is older Ralphie, clearly. So he's like, yeah. you know, telling about, but I don't know if it established in there he was a writer, but, you know, in the book it does. He says he's like a writer, but. You know, you know the I interesting like thing about a Christmas story? I don't think I've ever seen the film in order because it's always playing for 24 hours yeah. every Christmas. <laughs> oh, you catch it in moments. Yeah. I catch it. I, I, yeah. I check in and this is happening and then I watch it until that moment comes. I'm like, all right, that's where I came in. I'm out. <laughs> I don't like watching it on TV because they edit out some stuff. So I yeah. don't like that. I like watching because I remember my dad being surprised when he actually is cursing and he, when he's hitting the kid. Yeah. He's in the re- real film. He's actually like cursing and, you know, or, you know, that's so. why they're like going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just an yeah. old Coltrack the Night Stalker uh, fan. I just love Darren McGavin. The swear, the uh, swearing, the swearing father with the furnace. Oh my god, that's oh just god. so funny. <laughs> well, that, again, it goes back to that nostalgia, right? At that time and the simplicity of it all. And well, it, it kind of uh, brings me back. But you know, like when I was a little girl, we had these brown plastic boots, and my mother would use bread bags. Just my mother's Italian. I would stick my feet in the bread bags in the boots so that they would not get wet sloshing yeah. through the snow because. Some of us actually did walk through snow to go to school. Yeah. It's it's also it, because of this time period too. Kids were trusted more, even though, I mean, oddly enough, I don't know if I would, after what, 10 kids got murdered. Like, I don't know if my kids would be like, hey, you guys go out and you have fun. You know, I'm yeah. like, you know. They don't really talk about that at the beginning of the movie though. So that's no. just kind of, you really don't know 10 children have been killed though. Until... until- until the brother says something at the table, I think. Yeah, so nobody's talking about these murders, apparently. Yeah. Well, maybe they haven't taken place in a while. Mm. Like, they mentioned that the little girl was murdered 10 years ten ago. 10 years, 7 years, 10 years <clears throat> Now, ago. was she the last one? And yeah. then, like, it's just been quiet, and everyone thinks, oh, well, whatever it is. Oh, totally I didn't even think about that. And there's one scene I there's wanted no to There's no mention get- of anyone else. Yeah. There was one thing too. Remember when he's when um, Phil is teaching him to pull back his bow, and his cheek is really close to his. Yeah. What is going on there? That is again. It's a very stinky, ewy, in incestuous. Yeah. Not incestuous, but like well, not incestuous. So, no, not oh. incestuous, but a uh, pedophilic. Ugh. Like, yeah, that was wanna... I was getting the pedo vibe there for yeah. a second. Well, oh, that's what, yeah, when he gets all close and he's like, ah, and I was like, move. <laughs> I guess it could almost be incestuous at that point because, like, this kid is like family. It is like family. He's one of those kids that grew up like in the household. Or could it be in this situation too that the reason why he hasn't did anything to them is because he's did it to other children? So you know, and also the how would I be able to face your father if I did this to you? It's it's weird That's though too right. because if it if the girl died ten years ago. Why that night would he be coming back for that ring? Because I know that he said uh, they were replacing they were the furnace. The fr- uh, they were changing the, the furnace. furnace. Yeah, but that, that specific night. So that's what was a little like, it's weird. Like, I felt like that she was closer. I thought she was one of the more recent ones that died. And then there were other, you know, kids before that. But yeah, I, oh, the, the, Well, there's the, the mother who shot the janitor. I don't think they say when her son was killed. No, yeah. they don't. They just mention that he's one of the victims. But she looks were... like a freshly grieving mother. 
Maybe, well, yeah, but maybe, I mean, maybe. you'd be grieving at like, especially if your kid was like murdered, you know? Yeah. Like, I think. In but general. I know, but I mean, she looks like freshly bereaved, if you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, because she's, I mean, not less, not less. The fact that Frankie lived and made her feel bad. Why? She, it, you know, he has, he's a survivor. Why did yeah. he survive and hers didn't? So there's all kinds of stuff. I know that was a sad yeah. scene where she's like, why, why my kid, not yours? And the dad's yeah. like, oh, I yeah. don't know. You know? I mean, how do you say that to somebody? Why did my kid die, but yours lived? That's, I think yeah. some people are just. Well, you're grieving, so you know, you don't. Mind. Yeah. They don't know. I've seen people that have been so bereaved that they honestly. Do but they also could have also meant know. it in a, not a mean way meaning why couldn't my son be lucky too? Right. Like why, you know, Maybe like that. something, you know. But yeah. I mean, but, in sure, even even if it was my, I, I don't really, I don't know. I've I've lost a child, but I've never not in that capacity. But I've never been like, oh wow, I, you got your child, but I don't have mine. Yeah. So yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. But I mean, people are so just they they they, this, they don't know if their child suffered. That makes you crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know if your child suffered. Well, Especially I mean, obviously, obviously all of them were found because there wouldn't have been, there would have been a, we don't know if they're dead, right? But so I mean, I guess they found, found the little girl, even though she was washed up, they found them. I guess they buried them both. Cause well, they no, they would have, they would have had to have found both of them because if the right, mother jumped right. right after that, then they would have found both the mother and the daughter. But right, um, right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, this again, we can't, you, we kind of have to suspend disbelief in a lot of it because you, just yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's, well, it's, it's a fairy tale at the end of the day. Yeah. It's a dark fairy yeah. tale. And, and it's also, mm-hmm. is all of the, what he's saying is true because again, we're getting the narration coming from, a boy that you know a, a man who was this was my story so right. was everything he is saying the truth or did he elaborate and create a story right so right. you also are trusting this narrator who could be or a, could made a great just story, a whole story you know? that came yeah. to fruition yeah yeah this is this is my story that happened 30 years ago i might not remember everything exactly so i'm, I'm gonna I'm tell you my version point. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Or well, like at the beginning when he's telling the story in the school, it's a written story. And then he's like, or, you know, the, or did it have a baby? Right. It's his imagination. Right. And so you're like, could this be, oh, that didn't all happen. Cause the guy even asked, oh, you don't believe in all this. Right. And it's like, oh, I'm going to make you believe this. I'm going to tell you a story. Right. And I'm going to tell you the story. And he's telling mm-hmm. us that story, you know, maybe he just made it up. Yeah, just on That's the what spot. I was don't know. Yeah, he was obviously know. a writer. He liked to write about monsters. Yeah, so maybe it is a made-up story. Maybe Uncle Phil is just a nice old guy now. That's and know. maybe he killed the girl, and we just didn't know that. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Uncle it, it Phil could be a, wasn't it could a, be a bad scene situation. All, he's, he's a little boy <laughs> that pushes all the other kids off the cliff, and it's like I blame someone else. <laughs> maybe he's like the good son. You know? No, yeah, yeah, yeah nobody's just. I think he's actually Stewie Griffin, the little boy who writes stories. He's like, I came he back to town me. for some more fun. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good news, mother. I'm not going to kill you. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, coincidentally, the grandparents died, then the dad died. <laughs> we don't oh, know how the mother died, so look, see? <laughs> there's, a, there's, there's a show in England called Midsummer Murders. You know, so every, somebody gets murdered every week. I'm just saying to Craig, there's, there's hardly anybody left in the village. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one person. Like well, we kind of know who it is now. 
<laughs> yeah, you kind of out yourself at the end, like, oh, shit, the last one standing. Everyone in the village is dead. Oh, yeah. Well, me. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hell of a way to end the story. Yeah. Mexican the scene, by the way, the gr- there, I forgot to talk about that scene, too, with the mother, where there's a, when he's seeing the funeral and he has that yes. dream, and then it kind of switches to her, and there's this lovely moment, and then it goes right back. Like, that scene was fantastic. Yeah. Where he's like seeing her in the coffin and then he sees her, you know, putting the sweater on him and it, he gets pulled back to reality. Like, oh no, she's dead. Like she's, she's not alive yeah. anymore. That's got to be so sad for a little boy. I mean, yeah. it's bad enough losing your, your parents, but I mean, when you're little, not to have had them all of your life. So that, yeah. that was kind of touching. Yeah. yeah. And, and this is why I can't stress, stress it enough to go see this, to rent this movie, buy this yeah. movie, whatever, see this movie. Cause I'm like, we're still, we're, you know, however long we're into talking about it, yeah. and we're still coming up we're with up more shit. stuff we love about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how fucking good this movie is. Yeah. And I cannot stress this enough. Go see it. See it however you can. Film. Meanwhile, other films were like 10 minutes, and we're done. <laughs> no, <laughs> minutes are done. It's good. I don't know. What was our quickest film, John? I can't remember. What was our quickest uh, film? I mean, I know what yours was, and that was a road because you. Yeah. <laughs> You hated it. You're like, who suggested? I'm like, I, I did. I'm sorry. What movie like, was, was it? The the road, the book and the film. Remember the road a long time ago. Oh, oh that God. was before I was with you guys then. Yeah, the that that was one I don't think you guys like because the little boy was <laughs> annoying and uh, yeah, and, and Cormac. Yeah, but we, we, we found stuff to talk about it. I, yeah, I, Keith I always makes me read and do stuff I hate, but I find something <laughs> to love about everything. I feel like we 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 pretty good at like you know hashing out some love things, some don't. You know, um, I think this well, is one we universally love really loved. No, but this one, this one I think we universally loved this film. Like yeah. some of us in the past have been like, well, you know. <laughs> well, we know Dave didn't like One Dark Night. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like Lady in White? Absolutely. <laughs> I did indeed. I thought Lady in White was beautiful. See, really Dave is. doesn't like anything. <laughs> so How many dead children do you give it? All ten! That went <laughs> really morbid. Sorry. All ten! All ten! Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, God. <laughs> I feel like one dark night. How many toothbrushes do you get? <laughs> that one wasn't even one. a normal size toothbrush. I don't remember my toothbrush being that big in 1985. That's all I got to say. Man, I just, I just wish I, 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 I knew some girls yeah. who just always have to have something in their mouth. I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, but I could take that the wrong way. Too. I'm gonna God say it. Uh, an oral fixation. You guys are <laughs> that, I, I think that's the one I'm gonna ask out. <laughs> now, see if Keith was here, he could give us. His standing on oral fixations, but he's not. Yeah. <laughs> we will leave it at that. Are you itching for a good story? Laughter among friends, maybe even a mystery or two? Well, you're in luck. Fire Breathing Kittens is a standalone Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is a separate three-hour-long story, like a movie for your ears. So you can listen to these adventures in any order you like. So join us on a real play D&D quest as we solve mysteries, attempt comedic banter, and enjoy friendship. Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Fantasy action. Mystery. Friendship. <laughs> and that concludes <laughs> our podcast for One Dark Night and Lady in White. 
And please come uh, listen to us again next week where we uh, continue our Dark Shadows episodes 983 Ooh. to 1004. And we are getting Jesus. up there in those. So <laughs> that's it's a lot. I know. That's, that's I, gotta, I can't believe we have hung in there that long and we're still going. Guys, but, I forgot. Huh? I, forgot to, I forgot, sorry, I forgot to mention, me and David have got um, a virtual Ooh. exhibition that went live on Monday. Oh, cool. Um, and you can check out our photography and artwork um, at the clementjames.org. Yeah. Clementjames.org. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Congratulations. That, uh, That's send, awesome. Me, uh, send me the link. I will post it on all my... Yeah, same here. Yeah, and cool. I'll put yeah. it on all my... Right. Yeah, send it. Just tag us. And we got people. We'll, we'll shoot right. it out there. And um, and on my Instagram and all that other stuff. I, I see you on there. You send me all those great animal videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, okay, I guess that is good night for me. And good night, Joe. Good night, everyone. Good night, John. We miss you. Good night, folks. I miss you all, too. And I can't wait Come to join the next one. Come back and do more. I will. Ooh, I promise. Okay. And we'll say goodnight to Craig and Dave, who doesn't like anything. Good night from England. <laughs> good night, good night, night, boys. And I guess that is a wrap for now. So good night, everybody. Y'all take Bye. care. Something very strange and mystic happened to me. Something realistic and as weird as can be. Something that I feared somehow is now endeared to me. What a funny feeling, odd and yet so true. Did a thing like this ever happen to you? Did you ever see a dream walking? Well, I did. Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. Did you ever have a dream thrill you? With will you be mine? Oh, it's so grand, and it's too, too divine. Did you ever see a dream dancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see a dream romancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see heaven right in your arms, saying, I love you, I do? Well, the dream that was walking and the dream that was talking and the heaven in my arms was you. Walking, well, I did. 
Did you ever hear a dream talking? Well, I did. Did you ever have a dream thrill you with will you be mine? Now it's so grand and it's too to divine. Did you ever see a dream dancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see a dream romancing? Well, I did. Did you ever see heaven right in your arms? Saying I love you, I do. Well, the dream that was walking and the dream that was talking and the heaven in my arms was you.